With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com. Helping you filter through the noise. Real talk. Black talk. I'm just going to hang out with you. Will you just say your name for me? Yesenia Ortiz. And you are talking to me from behind a mask? Behind the mask, yeah. To protect myself and to protect others too. Yesenia Ortiz works at a grocery store called Compare Foods in Greensboro, North Carolina. What do you have under your mask? Do you have another mask under your mask? No, I have like a t-shirt because I don't want to ruin my mask under uh, the lipstick. The lipstick that you're still wearing yeah. lipstick underneath there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, Latinas girls. Latina girls? <laughs> you have to put, you can't leave the house without lipstick. No, yeah, we have lipstick, yeah. yeah. Yesenia doesn't work in the front. She works in the back. She unloads the trucks and restocks the shelves. Well, I'm refilling, but I'm also cleaning the shelves. This is what I do every day. Right now, she's restocking cleaning supplies. They're being asking me every day for alcohol. Windex, Clorox for YP Clorox. Yeah, every day. Oh, we don't got none. We run out. I'm so sorry. They get so frustrated. And it's not only customers who are getting frustrated with Yesenia. Just getting to her job seems to upset people. Yesenia's been having these weird interactions with some of her neighbors. They question me why I was getting out in quarantine. Like the other day, she was getting into her car, and one of her neighbors comes out and is like, where are you going? Because they see me every day driving and then come back and they're coming in. So they question me like, hey, you, are you violating, you know, the quarantine? Because I work in the supermarket. So they were kind of like maybe mad at you a little bit for leaving? Uh, yeah, some of them, yeah. But uh, I, I try like to smile. Like, hi, yes, sorry, I work in a supermarket. That's why you see me leaving the house all the time. And then she goes to work. And then when I come back, the same person who was checking on me, spying on me, <laughs> I get in the food. Yesenia gave this neighbor food, bags full of groceries. Listen, I really do work in my supermarket. Look, if you don't believe me, you could come, welcome to come and see I'm there. And she said, oh my God, are, are you sure? Yeah. And she said, thank you. We are in a moment where inequality has become really, really visible. Some people get to stay home, keep an eye on their neighbors, while others have to work right in the middle of a pandemic. And a lot of them, like grocery store workers, did not sign up for this health risk. And still, they are not getting paid much. Yeah, to get paid a little bit more, that will, will be a dream come true. <laughs> that will be a dream come true. He's checking me. He want me to hurry up. Your boss just told you to hurry up? Yeah. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. 
Many of the essential workers right now are low paid. They are warehouse and delivery people, truck drivers, bus drivers, janitors, grocery store workers. And women, especially women of color, are disproportionately likely to be working in jobs deemed essential. A lot of those jobs have always paid less. But now that they're essential, these workers are being asked to risk more. Their titles got fancier, but their jobs got way worse. And the market is supposed to solve this, reward risk. So why aren't workers getting paid more? Today on the show, we spend a morning at a grocery store and we ask, how much is essential work worth? Here you go. Have a good one. Hey, how are you? It's going to be seventeen seventy-eight. Okay. Um, my name is Fatima. I am a supervisor at Compare Foods Supermarket in Greensboro. Fatima started working at Compare Foods when she was 17. She's now 21. So um, I have a baby. I have a nine-month baby girl. Um, so, yeah, she's, she's very little. And what's your last name? Pavone. Yes, P-A-V-O-N. I'm Mexican. The people who work at this grocery store are mostly women and all people of color. Oh, no um, white people work here? No. No. Not that I... No. We do have, you know, a little bit of everything except white people. Yeah. An Associated Press analysis of the country's 100 largest cities says essential workers are mostly women, people of color and more likely to be immigrants. A New York Times analysis says non-white women are more likely to be doing essential jobs than anyone else. Almost all of the nurses, 9 out of 10, women. About two-thirds of the people who work at fast food counters and grocery store checkouts, women. And there is a real risk of death for these employees. Grocery store workers have died of COVID-19. So at Fatima's store, there are all these signs hanging up saying, please, please, please keep your distance. So that one's in Spanish. So that one says, detén el COVID-19. Like, stop it. Yeah, that's what it's saying. All the cashiers just got these clear shields installed right in front of their registers. But they're narrow. So when Fatima is scanning items or bagging groceries or when customers are paying, there's no shield there. She and the customers are face-to-face. Yeah, so it's definitely hard to keep our distance because, I mean, they'll come up and they're practically jumping over the counter. (laughs) And it's not just crowded at the register. All over the store. It's just hard to keep your distance. Um, Like, I could be standing right here, you know, stocking up, and a customer comes up and is literally, like, right beside you or, like, leans over, reaches over you to try to get a meet, you know? And you're like, excuse me, can you back up? I'm like, you know, ma'am, back up a little bit. And, then, and yeah, there's customers that get upset, like I said. Yeah. When the pandemic started, a couple of workers at this grocery store did quit. It just wasn't worth the risk for them, even with the signs and the shields. But then one came back. She needed the job. Fatima says going to work is a little scary for all of them. I do, I do get scared of exposing my family. You know, my mom would rather me not be here. Sometimes you want to just say, forget this, like, I'm going to just go home. But then you can't because, you know, this is what is helping you stay afloat. Like, this is your income. This is your only source of income. So, you know, you have no, no choice. Fatima says she actually 
really wants to keep working. Like, she wants to know that she'll have a job when this is all over. She likes that kind of stability. Because, you know, I also need the money. So, like I said, it's really um, up to me how I protect myself from the customers. Knowing that, you know, they haven't said anything. You know, if we were to get sick, if they help or not. You know, not having, like, the health insurance and all that. Do you mind me asking how much you get paid? Um, I get paid nine twenty. Nine dollars and twenty cents an hour. Yes. So, what is like a weekly paycheck? How much does it end up being? Um, about I want to say three hundred. Yeah, three hundred dollars a week. No health insurance, and for now, no hazard pay. No things like hero bonuses, which some grocery stores have done. No extra one or two dollars an hour, which others have done. And Fatima says her boss doesn't pay like super badly or anything like that. There are pay raises. He pays bilingual workers more, things like that. But so far, at this grocery store and many grocery stores, probably most grocery stores, workers are making as much as they were before the pandemic, before their jobs got risky. You don't ever, like, no one has said anything? Like, no one has said, like, can you get us a freaking raise? No one has said anything, and I have been tempted to be that first person (laughs) because I do work with my boss, and that's why I feel like I feel more comfortable being that first person, being like, you know, like, Juan, other places are getting a raise. I think we should too, you know, but um, it's definitely something that I've thought about doing, yeah. Fatima says extra pay would help out a lot of the cashiers who have had to work fewer hours because their kids are at home and they don't have babysitters. Plus, she says... She thinks they should just get extra pay right now for the risk because they did not agree to this risk. They did not sign up for this risk when they took these jobs. And Fatima says she'd be fine if the extra pay just kind of like went away back to normal once this is all over. But I mean, like I said, it'd be amazing if we were to get a raise right now and it stay afterwards, you know, but one can only dream. (laughs) But yeah. Okay, Fatima, we're going to check in with you. See if if you do ever ask your boss for a raise or if you ever get, like, close to it one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Fatima's chances of getting a raise, if she does bring herself to ask for one, might not be great. To talk about why, we called up a labor economist at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. My full name is Arindrajit Dubey. I usually, in uh, radio and TV, go by my shortened version, Aaron Dubey. Okay, in a normal labor market, a good labor market, Arindrajit Dubey, Aaron, says that Fatima's wages would go up on their own once her job got riskier. So in normal times, if a job suddenly becomes more dangerous, you're just not going to have as many workers willing to take that job unless it pays more to compensate for the higher risk. Higher risk jobs? Pay more. So this is the kind of thing that we economists call compensating differential. Compensating differential. Compensating for the higher risk. But this only really happens on its own in a competitive labor market when workers have options and employers have to compete for workers. That's when the bosses pay more. However, if the labor market is really anemic, where there's very few employers who are actually hiring, which is the case right now, that mechanism really breaks down. Meaning compensating differentials, compensating risk, that really breaks down. Wages are just not likely to go up right now, not on their own. 
So if, if Fatima is going to get a pay raise, her boss needs to be worried that someone else is going to offer her a better job, a better paying job or a safer job. Because Fatima's boss is like, well, what are you? What else are you going to do? Like, I'm not really worried that you're going to go to another job. Exactly. Fatima's boss is relatively less worried about Fatima getting another option in the current labor market than in a labor market three months ago. Hmm. Because no one is competing with the bosses for labor. The employers, the bosses, they have the power, not the workers, not Fatima. Exactly. So more employer side wage setting power. So it is not looking good for Fatima and all the other Fatimas of the moment. It is just a really bad time to ask for a raise. Now, some employers have raised wages somewhat, right? For example, Amazon has provided a $2 an hour bonus for its workers. Is that sufficient? Uh, I think there's serious questions whether that's enough. And here's what really stings. Fatima and a bunch of other low-wage, essential workers who are going into work, they could actually make more money if they got laid off. Has that ever happened before? This has never happened before. The good news is they have a job in some sense. The bad news is that they have a job. (laughs) Here's why. Unemployment benefits are better than they've ever been. If you lose your job, each state gives unemployment. In some states, you get like 30% of what your regular pay was. In other states, it's 50% or 60%. But in every one of these states right now, people are getting extra unemployment pay from the federal government. They are getting $600 a week extra. Just to put that in perspective, that's about $15 an hour. Okay, let's say, let's say like the North Carolina didn't even give Fatima unemployment benefits. Fatima makes $300 a week currently. So she would be getting, if all she got was the federal government, here's your unemployment check because of the pandemic, if all she got was those $600 a week, that would be double what she's making now. Exactly. It is a very troubling situation where we are asking people who we deem to be essential to both take on greater risk than they could have possibly imagined doing when they took this job and actually get paid less than they would if they were not working. That's a very perverse oh situation. Gosh. And I think it's something that I, as, a, as society, we ought to do better. What if she just stops, stops showing up to work to get fired so that she can make double her current salary? So this is the challenge. If Fatima gets fired for cause because she refuses to show up to work or just doesn't do her work, Fatima is going to have a hard time qualifying for unemployment benefits. You have to be laid off because there's just not enough work. Wow. Of course, obviously, it is not great to be unemployed. And this $600 a week boost will only be around through July unless it gets extended. But yeah, there are a bunch of people who are getting paid more money now than they were making at work, working. I don't see it being a real big problem that we're giving a lot of money to people who are generally lower wage workers. There are many reasons why I think that's a good idea. One of them is that when we actually do start to recover, this means we're putting money in the hands of exactly those people who are most likely to spend, and this is going to help us grow our way back in in terms of the recovery. But Aaron says Congress should also do something for the essential workers, the ones who are still on the job, facing risk and 
aren't collecting unemployment. Just like the federal government is paying people to not work right now, they should also pay people to work if we think that work is so important. Democrats in the Senate have proposed giving all essential workers $25,000 in hazard pay. It would go to doctors and nurses, but also truck drivers and janitors and grocery store workers and a bunch of others. The governor of New York said the federal government should give all essential workers a 50 percent bonus. But so far, no hazard pay, not from Congress or the White House. Meanwhile, trillions and trillions of dollars have gone to unemployment and to $1,200 coronavirus stimulus checks to everyone and to two rounds of small business bailouts. And all of these government interventions, unemployment bonuses, the maybe hazard pay, they are happening on a scale that we haven't seen in generations. And Arendrajit says it all might have long-term consequences. Good ones. So crises do have a way of having unanticipated consequences that could really change things. Is that going to happen this time around? It's way too early to say. And, you know, it's possible that maybe this is just a blip. On the other hand, it's also possible that certain things, including our just reassessing of what type of work is important, how we should compensate people, thinking about what people deserve if they're actually out of work. All of these things could have a long-term effect in the way we structure our labor market, we structure our wages, we structure public policy. Um, Fatima, I have been thinking about you all weekend. It's been nine days since I spent a morning at Fatima's grocery store. And we took precautions, tried to keep our distance from each other, from other people at the grocery store. But it wasn't always possible to stay 100% safe. I've just been, like, very scared that I got coronavirus from being at the grocery store. Like, because I haven't gone anywhere. Like, you're the only person I've seen in a month and a half. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like... Do I feel my chest? Like, oh my God, is my chest tight? Am I having trouble breathing? Like, Yeah, definitely. That's how it felt for me at the like very beginning. And even now, whenever I'm around a lot of customers, I still feel um, paranoid here and there. I have been worrying about grocery store workers since the beginning of all of this. But after spending that morning with Fatima, it's like this whole like other level of worry and and also gratitude, because I put myself in a fraction of the risk that Fatima faces every single day, and I have been truly, like, honestly freaking out about my health. So when I called to check in with Fatima, who, by the way, says she's feeling fine, I wanted to ask how she felt about people who are staying home, safe, and if she had been thinking about whether she'd prefer unemployment. (laughs) Honestly, no. Um... I wouldn't feel right just, you know, up and leaving. You know, I want to be here to help, you know, because I know they need the help. That's that's amazing. You you do know that, like, you might get more money. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and as for the raise, have you, like, walked in and be like, okay, today's the day I'm going to do it? And they're like, no, I'm not going to do it. Oh, yesterday, I actually wanted to just kind of talk to him and be like, you know, why aren't we getting, you know, raises? But I didn't. Wait, you did? So you got close to almost asking? Yeah, like, you know, just kind of like starting a conversation. Like, you know, well, you know, other places are getting, you know, more money. Like, how would he feel about it? (laughs) 
what stops you from doing it? I'm scared. <laughs> because it is, it is so hard to ask for a raise. Well, you know, just kind of like standing in front of your boss saying, you know, I want more money. <laughs> Even in normal times, that's not easy. I don't feel like I'll do it anytime soon. Fatima still hasn't asked for her raise. Well, when I'm about to leave, I take my gloves off, I sanitize my hands first, then my keys and my phone. Today's show was produced by Liza Yeager, Alexi Horowitz-Ghazi, and Autumn Barnes. This is the National Conversation with All Things Considered. I'm Michelle Martin. By now, you've probably heard that African Americans are more likely than other groups to be experiencing negative impacts from the effects of COVID-19. But what you might not have heard is that the same thing seems to be true of African American-owned businesses. According to the Center for Responsible Lending, 95% of Black-owned businesses stood little chance of participating in the first round of the Paycheck Protection Program. That was the most significant pot of money Congress offered offered to small businesses in the CARES Act. So we've turned to an expert to answer questions about how Black-owned businesses can survive this economic downturn. Eugene Cornelius is Senior Director for the Center for Regional Economics at the Milken Institute. Mr. Cornelius, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Rob, thank you. Thanks for having me. And we have a couple of black business owners with us as well. Amaya Smith launched the Brown Beauty Co-op in Washington, D.C. nearly two years ago with her business partner, Kimberly Smith. Amaya, welcome. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Good. And Sage Ali is one of the owners of Ben's Chili Bowl. That is a Washington, D.C. landmark started by Sage's parents some 61 years ago. Sage Ali, welcome to you as well. Thank you, Michelle. Happy to be here. So, Amaya, I'm going to start with you. First of all, just tell us a teeny bit about the, the business. What was the idea behind it? Sure. So the the Brown Beauty Co-op is a cooperative retail boutique um, focusing on makeup, skin care, and hair care products for women of color. And a majority of our makers and product makers are women and people of color. And so we really wanted to create a safe space where women of color can be affirmed and find products that are just for them, especially in a beauty industry that often marginalizes us. And so you you have a downtown location um, in sort of a desirable area with, I guess, a lot of walking traffic, a lot of people in offices around it. So what's happened since the pandemic began and the mayor of Washington, D.C., like, you know, mayors across the country, closed businesses deemed non-essential? What's happened? Yeah, so we're in DuPont Circle, um, the heart of downtown, and we had a lot of great foot traffic. We were a year and a half into business, so just starting to grow. And we actually started closing a little bit before the city closed down because I think um, a lot of businesses and uh, other workplace organizations had closed maybe a couple weeks before that. People had went to work from home. So we saw an immediate decrease in foot traffic probably early March, maybe second week in March, and had to close um, and tried to come up with some creative ways to pivot um, and really change our business model. But by the third week, you know, doors were closed. And, you know, we really had to rethink sort of the whole experiential model of people coming in store um, when we were now closed. So do you have a question for Eugene Cornelius? Is there something you think he might be able to help you with? Yeah, I think it was important that you highlighted the disparities when you open and would love to hear from Eugene um, sort of outside the Paycheck Protection. What other opportunities are there for um, black small businesses who often don't have enough um, employees to qualify or, you know, didn't have access to capital before this? 
Well, well the, believe it or not, there are other programs, and, and other programs even under the stimulus program that you could qualify for. If you have a reduction in um, operations, such as revenue coming in from uh, cancellation of, of customers, that's a loss, and there is the SBA disaster injury disaster loan that you will be qualified for. That's a 10-year loan for up to $2 million at a 4% interest that you can go for. There's also the Federal Reserve's Main Street Lending Program that most people aren't talking about. Um, The Federal Federal Reserve has put in over $3 trillion in liquidity into the stimulus package. And if you've been in business and you're, you're a U.S. citizen, you can go for these loans under the program. And therefore, anyone that's been in business before March 13th of 2020 and have less than 15,000 employees. So someone like yourself can go for these. These are four-year maturity uh, duration loans, and they have a one-year deferment on principal interest during this period. So you may want to look into that. That is a good loan for you. It, another loan for you that is available through uh, D.C. and other uh, local community de- development centers is the microloan program. If you don't need uh, much cash, they go up to $50,000 uh, in, in direct cash that can be, be a cash flow through this process. If you have a question for Eugene Cornelius, you can send it to us at npr.org slash national conversation or share it on social media using the hashtag NPR conversation. Let's turn to Sage Ali. I mean, Sage, I mean, look, if people have been to Washington, D.C., then they surely have been to Ben's Chili Bowl. Um, you know, just I, I don't even know what else to, to say about it. But but restaurants everywhere are hurting. What's been the effect on your business? Well, thanks, Michelle. You know, um like Amaya, I would say that we had a very similar experience in terms of timing, you know, meaning, you know, early March, uh, things started to shift for us. And by the second week or so, it was really dramatic. You know, spring is our busiest season, and it suddenly just dropped to, I, we ended up having to close a number of locations. Um, we have a total of nine locations, and that includes franchises, et cetera, but the family owns three chili bowls and Ben's next door. And we only now have Ben's Chili Bowl U Street. The original location is still open. Everything else is shut down completely. And at Ben's U Street, we were devastated, and we dropped over 80% in terms of our revenue. Now, now, I understand that you've been able to get some money from the CARES Act, but I've been reading where a number of businesses have gotten the money, but they're afraid to spend it. So do you have any questions for um, Mr. Cornelius about how to spend that money or about the CARES Act in general? Is there something he can help you with? Uh, yeah, there's one concern that we have, you know, so we have finally been approved for our PPP loan and the money should be coming very soon. So what we're wondering at this point is we have a number of employees and we've always treated our people like family and we still feel very close to everyone. And many of our employees are at home and some have, you know, parents that they live with, some have young children, et cetera. And so they're nervous. You know, we still are on lockdown technically. We're still on the uh, stay-at-home orders. And, you know, how do we bring people back or how do we address a situation like that in which we want them to come back, the business needs them to come back, the loan seems to be dependent upon that, but we don't want people to be uncomfortable and we certainly, certainly don't want them to be unsafe. Mr. Cornelius, well, what about that? As, as, brief, as quickly as you can. 
I think a lot yeah, of people I, have that question. You have to understand the makeup of the loan. The makeup of the loan is for you to keep people employed. Now, it, it does not say they have to be at work and they have to be at the duty station. Nor does it mm. say that they have to be punching the clock at 8 o'clock, at, at 8 hours. If they are at home and you keep them employed because you know you don't want your business interrupted and you want your recovery to be smooth and you have the, the human capital and talent you need to do it to reopen when you reopen, as long as you continue to pay you their salary, that is a part of that for, forgivable loan. So you I are see. not in violation if they stay at home. Well, thanks okay. all of our guests. We'll keep in touch. Eugene Cornelius is Senior Director for the Milken Institute, uh, the Milken Institute Center for Regional Economics. Maya Smith co-owns the Brown Beauty Co-op in Washington, D.C. And Sage Ali is one of the owners of Ben's Chili Bowl, also in Washington. Thanks all so much for being here. And this is the National Conversation with All Things Considered. Context of white supremacy. I'm not sure, but I think Ben's Chili Bowl is the restaurant from uh, House of Cards. Kevin Spacey, suspected sexual terrorist now, Me Too. But I think is that's portrayed in uh, House of Cards, unless I am in error. The Cows, Gus T. Renegade, uh, in for another broadcast, hopefully, to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, May 8th. 2020 so I have been told uh, this is our weekly broadcast neutralizing workplace racism not for spectators particularly not with the circumstances that we have on the planet right now but even if that were not the case not for spectators Uh, this is for folks to uh, share strategies suggestions try to problem solve Uh, in dealing with what we are facing in the workplace, uh, trying to come up with ways that we can solve problems without creating new problems. Unfortunately, I think also, given current circumstances, some of that would also include uh, speaking up, using your voice, if it just means asking questions about proper uh, protocol for workplace safety. If it means speaking up, and asking for a raise in compensation. That might be also a part of the current landscape of what's happening in the workplace to make sure that we are safe, healthy, moving forward as best we can. Number to dial is 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Number again, 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, if you are not able to dial in, uh, you have concerns. You don't want to be identified. Important to be anonymous. Uh, you can email untiljustice at gmail.com. Untiljustice at gmail.com. And we will include your commentary on the broadcast anonymously. If you have suggestions, offerings, 
you would like to share. Uh, I was going to respond to the first portion, the first segment about uh, Fatima, non-white grocer. She works at the grocery store and was talking about some of her concerns, trying to speak up to get a raise. They didn't have any white people who work there. Pattern that I've noticed just with the folks who dial into the broadcast here uh, in terms of who the essential workers are, just as we were getting ready to broadcast I was looking on social media. I was trying to promote for the uh, broadcast and uh, our guest for Tuesday. Yes. Tuesday, May 12th, uh, Toyin Agbetu, black male victim of racism. He's in the UK and he was sharing a post uh, where they were talking about uh, essential workers uh, over in London and how a disproportionate number of them are non-white people, black people. Uh, and they don't have same thing we've heard here. They don't have protective gear. They don't have gloves. And people getting sick, not getting their hazard pay. All of that. He was just posting about that before we went live. Uh, but he'll be here uh, because he's in London irregular time. So I guess it'll be what is it? 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Pacific uh, next Tuesday. Uh, as I've been saying for a while, be great. Uh, to speak to folks in different parts of the world uh, so that we can kind of get more information uh, from a global perspective about what's happening and try to get a better understanding uh, so that we can make quality, logical decisions, keep ourselves safe. But he should be with us uh, next Tuesday. Uh, And I think, in fact, we should be super international uh, because he should be here from London. Uh, I think we might have a return visit from our black male in China uh, and then we'll see if we can get our global Sunday talk back together correctly uh, for next Sunday. So we should be really international cows uh, next week. Anywho, uh, for this year broadcast, as I said, I was going to comment on Fatima, that segment, the essential workers and all the rest of it. Uh, but we had a person who wrote in. I'll read this one first. We have other folks who wrote in as well. I'll read this and then I'll comment on the first clip. Victim of racism, he writes. <clears throat> I realized today, gradually, while listening to the last two call uh, episodes, uh, that I truly do not, based on evidence, know exactly. Oh, oh, oh. Got cut off the last couple words. All right. Know what to think about the virus. So I decided that I would respond finally to the last two weeks of white suspected racists talking to me directly about the virus and asking me while at the place called work. So today I came in and I work uh, at a store and a white suspect uh, guy was working at the location. I was told that he might finish up his job and come in afterwards. This is the second time I'm dealing directly with someone who is coming to the location to perform their job and I'm greeted with a white person without a face mask talking too much, sniffling, coughing, wiping their face while they're looking at me with a full surgical mask and gloves on. This suspect today didn't put on a mask until he came back from his car to have me sign off on his work. He immediately began to apologize and explain how even though it's unnecessary, we have to take precautions 
and be aware of risk. I suspect he was flexing his racist ego that even though he approached me with no mask, when I first came on site, he all of a sudden was the authority on what should be done and precautions that should be taken after he retrieved his face mask from his car. He act uh, okay. He actually. He approached me with no mask when I first came in on site, and all of a sudden he was the authority about what should be done and precautions that should be taken. Uh, I cut him off during his rambling to say. Well, I really don't know what to think. I'm a little confused, so I'm asking people their opinion so that I understand better. Without a pause, he began to give me his understanding by immediately saying, Well, the thing about the virus is, you know, it's like AIDS. The AIDS virus was, you know, you remember that, right? So I said, AIDS virus? Do you mean syndrome? Back in the question lane. He said, no, it's not a syndrome. It's a virus. And just like the AIDS virus, the thing about the thing about it is that you can only catch it when you get an open sore or wound or cut or some type of fluid exchange. And then it gets into your body and the antibodies cause blood clots and they break up. And that's how you die. I've not heard that part from Dr. Fauci before, but duly noted I'll write that down Uh, he went on to try to get more scientific but it was confusing and I believe he was trying to practice white supremacy racism by bringing up AIDS I was calm and he looked to get irritated that I had no more adverse response to his comparison of coronavirus and AIDS I believe this may be evidence that white supremacists are deliberately causing confusion Much obliged, good sir. Deliberately causing confusion. That is an all-day activity uh, in the system of white supremacy racism and seems to have uh, ramped up exponentially uh, with all the talk about uh, the virus uh, and just confusion, confusion, confusion. Asking questions is great. Taking it serious, even with the confusion, admitting when we are confused, that is a great way to be as well. We don't want to lie to ourselves, uh, especially you don't want to lie to yourself. Uh, If you don't have all the information, you haven't looked at all the data to come to uh, a really solid conclusion. No problem. I'm hey, I'm still learning. And I'm taking it serious while I'm still learning. He said he had his gloves on his mask on uh but i'm not surprised by that at all uh for some brace soldier uh who is sniffling and calling. we've heard that from so many people where they have been in work settings with other white people and they didn't have a mask on and they came to work and were coughing and sneezing and gagging and all the rest of it and nobody came that hey maybe you should you know be at home and you know, look out for public safety and all. Even some people where they said people got sick uh, at the job and were actually diagnosed with COVID-19. And it was still, you know, we got donuts in the lounge type of thing. So take your safety seriously. Uh, the, I noted a lot of that. If you see that type of thing in the job, that's what I mean about speaking up to say something uh, and not letting that compromise your conduct. Till you see them, you know, 
no big deal, not washing their hands, all the rest of it. Eh, they don't think it's that big a deal. I'm not going to do that either. Or, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do the same thing as them. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'll have five donuts like don't do that. Uh, let's see. And then trying to take a that is standard operating procedure. Not having a mask on, forgot it, no gloves, all the rest of it. Then they come in and immediately they are the expert. Like I just met with Dr. Fauci this morning. I know all the protocols like this is what it's supposed to be like. Oh, you got the wrong cleaning. So like immediately they are the authority on all of it. Standard operating procedure. See that all the time, whether, you know, the Rona is there uh, or not. That's one of those. I don't even know if anything need be said. Hmm. Hey, it's fine. Hmm. Fascinating. Uh, So anyway, other folks wrote in as well. Back to the Fatima thing. This isn't even the email I was thinking of. I have another one that I was thinking of. But even with that, back to uh, the Fatima situation. Uh, I think making $9.20, she said it's about $300 uh, a week. Man. For an essential worker, and they have the audacity to do all kinds of tackiness. I've seen where, like, in some areas, they come out and do. I mean, it's something like tacky is all I can think of. Like, they they like bang on pots or something for like essential workers, the people that work at the grocery store and bring the Amazon packages and bring the THC edibles. Like, yeah, love it. Woo! What is that supposed to do? I'm making 920, man. Like, what is that? You all coming out here and contributing to noise pollution. Like, how does that make anything better? Uh, but yeah, with the situ- with uh, Fatima, uh, I also thought in that segment where they're talking to this non-white female who works at a grocery store, essential worker, maybe they put up, you know, the glass shields and all that, uh, where no white people work at the store. Uh, and she gets fussed at. That's why I've been saying that about, you know, we should be strategic about leaving and where we're going and what have you. Probably got a lot of armed racists who are looking to snitch. Itching. What are you doing outside? Where are you going? We got a coon. He's looting mailboxes. You know, they're ready to get down. Like, I would be thinking about She's an essential worker. It's not even, oh my gosh, I can't believe. Let me get my frying pan and make a little noise. What? Yeah, huh? You're going to work, huh? Let me see your paperwork. <laughs> where are you? I mean, gee. And then you come back and they're still looking at you funny like, huh? Eh, where you been? What's going on? And she brings them groceries like, man, VGQ, you know, VGQ, I would have saved the groceries for myself or non-white family members. But, you know, VGQ, we all do as best we can. Um, but that's her situation. And I feel like a lot of times they'll do segments. Uh, like in major media outlets of like a non-white person like John Henryism working really hard to show white people that they're hardworking and one of the good dark folks. Uh, I feel like they do a lot of segments like that. And, you know, I'll put it this way. If you have the option, if you're making 920, 1120 even, whatever, if you have the option of not working, and you can be compensated as much or more for just staying at home and not working in a system of white supremacy. I would do that. I am not into the, you know, let's be noble. And what is one of the tacky phrases that they've had? We're all in this together. No, we're not. They got reports about white supremacists deliberately trying to infect black people and 
all the rest of it. The, the black businesses, they're having to fight and scrape and scrap uh, to get funding. Meanwhile, the freaking Lakers, the freaking Lakers. Le, uh, I was going to say LeBron James. No, 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 no. He doesn't own the Lakers. Jeannie Buss, white woman, she owns the Lakers. That should be the first person named. Who is most to blame? Uh, now, the freaking Lakers, they are worth, uh, I checked Forbes. They had a listing of the most valuable franchises. The Lakers are always like in the top three most valuable franchises. Now, the last time that I checked, uh, the value of their franchise was over $4 billion, with a B dollars. There is no way they should qualify as a so-called small business. Uh, it was reported in many outlets. I just took Yahoo because that was the first one that popped up. But this was widely reported. Uh, and many people, you know, booed them. I don't know if they booed them enough to boycott and say, you know, we're going to burn our LeBron James jerseys and all that. But, I mean, lots of folks are talking about this. Uh, the Lakers have returned a $4.6 million payment intended for small businesses. The team qualified for, applied for, and received the money as part of the United States government, United States government's coronavirus aid relief and economic security act, but decided to return the money allegedly after the program's $2.2 trillion budget ran out in two weeks. The team confirmed all of this mind. We would be starting with at what point did you all decide we should apply for this money? Our $4 billion franchise is struggling the Rona has, you know, shut down the season and might not get to see Braun anymore this year. We should go ahead and apply. Maybe we'll get a few extra million. That'll, you know, help us tie things over while we wait it out. What? <laughs> like, what? So the Lakers can get four million dollars to keep them afloat, but black businesses struggling. Can't get a nickel, slice of cornbread, nothing. Anyway, so back to Fatima. Like I said, I am not into that, you know, noble, go out here, work hard. Eh. System of white supremacy. That is not my thinking on this at all. If you can get uh, compensated, if you can get unemployment, the bonus, what have you, and it's equal to or more than what you would typically have. Take this time. Use your time and energy constructively. She says she's an attempted parent. Oh, my goodness time with your offspring working on their academic program nurturing them bonding time we talked about that Dr. Africa's book still in the running for worst book ever bonding time you could be doing that lots of constructive things you could be reading transitioning to a plant based diet lots of things then being at work slaving where there's no white employees just us victims out here on the front lines risking it all for 920 nah nah that's just my view uh, you know that certainly you would have to think about that and make sure everything was constructive and you're not jeopardizing your long term work status and employment but man absolutely disgraceful uh, the system of racism the way they will pretend to care about black people pretend to care about uh, non-white people happens on a regular basis the second segment where they were talking about uh, black businesses and how they were having a tough time. Like I, said, I think Ben's Chili Bowl was in uh, House of, of Cards, I think. Anyway, uh, when they were on that segment, uh, when they talked to the black female and she had the collective for uh, it was for women 
and women of color, the way that they said it, it seemed like white women could maybe qualify for this program, which maybe that's how, you know, Jeannie Buss and the Lakers got that, you know, grant, you know, she, maybe she's a, she's a minority business owner. Maybe. How about that? Cause she's a white woman. Maybe that's how it worked. But that did, you know, gave me pause. Cause I see that frequently where there'll be programs that are about, uh, diversity we want to help minorities and somehow it'll be people of color. It'll be that, that languaging people of color, brown and black people, women like women. Wait a minute. You mean it's going to be people like Hillary Clinton? They qualify for like, Oh man. Woo. Anywho, uh, if we do have entrepreneurs, uh, if you have been able to qualify and get assistance, that is great. Uh, that would be, uh, important to see how all of this is impacting, uh, black business owners. Uh, we do talk about that on a regular basis and impacting in a lot of different ways because we had people who talked before about the uh, restrictions in terms of which businesses were allowed to remain open, which businesses were forced to remain closed. That impacted some black people too, where they were forced to shut down and that type of thing. So lots of different ways, just, you know, a kind of painful and tragic uh, illustration of what I consistently say just because you work or self-employed as they call it does not mean that you will escape the abuses of white supremacy racism. So if we do have any uh, entrepreneurs and uh, you can share a thought or two on how this is uh, impacting your business, uh, pl- feel free to share 605-313-5164, the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one to participate uh, also, before I get to the callers, we had, and I made a sound clip so that we can get all the detail. Um, I might include it. We'll see how the time goes. But we had a caller on Wednesday. She said that she's in Arizona, she said. And she said that her employer told her that, hey, you should sign up for the Paycheck Protection Program. We want to enroll you in this. And so they were going over some of the details and they said that this will uh, guarantee, you know, your job, your hours, your compensation. At least I think it's through end of June, something like that. And so she said a part of the stipulation is that you you might be reassigned. Uh, She said that she was a cook. You might be reassigned to wash dishes. And she was asking, you know, what for suggestions, input. So if we have folks who uh, have dealt with with the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP. Uh, that would be great. Uh, I recommend it because we were talking about this. It was kind of a, uh, we were talking about something else when she brought this up. And I said I would take some time to look at the program. Uh, and that also I could think about it more, but just to be more familiar with the program, uh, which I did uh, after we got off the uh, broadcast. And one of the conditions of the program is that racists, I think they, I don't know if that was intended uh, for that uh, aspect of the program where you could have some people who end up making more money on unemployment than they would normally make working uh, because of the bonus and all that. 
Uh, I don't know if that was intended or not. Generally, uh, racists tend to be pretty miserly about giving non-white people anything. Uh, but it seems like there is some effort to close that loophole. Uh, so they've said, if you are in this sort of situation, uh, you're going to be reassigned. So it's going to be, you're going to be washing dishes. Uh, and if you say, oh no, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You refuse that. And they say, okay, well, you're dismissed. Uh, well, they will say, oh, in some instances they can say, well, that disqualifies you for unemployment because you could have been reassigned and you said you didn't want to do it. So you can't get unemployment. That's, they do have that loophole, uh, in there to try to discourage people, uh, from turning down a reassignment as a part of this program. Uh, however, the victim uh, who called in she before she got to all of that she disclosed that she was having high blood pressure and have, was having a difficult time regulating her blood pressure uh, under medical conditions and I would have to look again to see if that qualifies for unemployment if you are high risk because you have comorbidities uh, if that would qualify for you to be able to take some time off sit down while the risk is still pretty high confusion is still rife uh, for you to sit down, get unemployment. That's what professor Renelia Randall, that's what she said should be happening. People that are high risk, you have health problems, just pay them to sit down until we get a handle on this and can, you know, respond and then allow them to go back to work when, you know, things have calmed down a little bit. I would say that because she was talking about the washing dishes uh, and that's going to be putting you in contact with, you know, saliva and would seem like a much more high risk, uh, situation as opposed to what she was originally doing. Uh, you already got your, your doctor's notes and everything. Cause she was just there. Whammo. That's how I would present it that, you know, I am okay with being reassigned, uh, but it should not be dishwashing. Uh, that's in touch with a lot of direct, they just said bodily fluids. That's what the expert fellow just said. You got to have transfer of bodily fluids and all that. And you know, my blood pressure, that's, you know, kind of too, too high risk, uh, for me at this point, if I can get reassigned to something that's little low risk where I'm not going to be uh, in touch with as many people or bodily fluids. Great. Something that, cause the job she was doing before was not around a whole lot of people. She wasn't in direct contact with customers. So I would definitely see if you could make it a health issue and ask questions to see if you could get reassigned to something safe. Uh, but if we have people who uh, have dealt with the PPP program uh, in any aspect, that would be awesome. Or if you have suggestions for her, certainly if you have your own situation, suggestions, codification, uh, are they taking this seriously in the workplace? Have you had to speak up about safety protocols? Feel free to share 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see. If we have entrepreneurs, definitely uh, hand up, participate. Definitely want to hear uh, how this is impacting uh, victims of racism, white supremacy, who are so-called uh, self-employed. Uh, let's see. Folks who are with us. Wowzers. All of those folks. Lots of folks listening in on the phone lines but they are spectating as of yet I will take this moment number one if things are going that great on the job you all have you know hand sanitizer hand sanitizer by the gallons you got all of the personal protective equipment that you need you got hazard pay bonuses if you the option is there if you want to telecommute you can stay at the house and you know 
run up your Amazon tab and get your work done at the computer and do your little teleconferences and everything. Bravo. I'm not mad. Spectacular. I hope it lasts, you know, infinitely. Maybe they'll allow that to continue for the rest of your career, hopefully. Uh, But if that's the case, feel free. You can invest racism hyphen notes dot blogspot dot com racism hyphen notes dot blogspot dot com. You'll see the link for the PayPal top of the page top right corner uh we are also on cash app the address cashapp.com forward slash the cows much obliged to all the folks who have invested supported uh hope it has been worthy of your time and energy uh so let's see there was a different report I wanted to make sure that I shared an email address again until justice at gmail dot com until justice at gmail dot com let's see this is one that I forgot uh, to include and I thought it was rather important let's see all right let's see Oh, that's the one I already read. Okay, got that one. All right. Let's see. Oh, and that's still not. What is going on? How did I mix them up? I mixed them up. I'll take a moment. I'll make sure to include that one because I thought it was really important. It was workplace racism and it was. It was another like really distasteful uh, illustration of just lack of uh, the same thing that I said earlier uh, when they come out and say you know we're concerned and we're proud or whatever uh, about essential workers and all of that that is a total lie like they do not care at all it was another but it was even worse uh, this time that's why I got to make sure I uh, get this email specifically anyway uh, let's see other workplace racism email I will get in uh, a number of folks wrote in I'll get in another one while I'm tracked down that first one all right so this time around non-white female victim of racism Uh, a bit more Rona codification if working from home on a company laptop always need that I agree with the recommendation to select a simple background when using conferencing apps for meetings I did consider using a picture of a room but after looking through the selection of images I thought they all looked too authentic I figured those who are overly concerned with other people's business would assume it's my home and start calculating how much they think I spent on the furnishings, etc. Hence my decision to use a blank wall in my home and blur my background. Love it. Regarding the issue of non-white frontline workers right on time, I do get home deliveries. And like one of last week's callers have noticed the delivery drivers have got a lot darker where I live. Wow. Wow. Uh, Pre-Rona, I would have said that most approximately 60 percent of the delivery people were classified as white. Now, I would estimate it's 90 percent non-white. Now, that is striking. If it was even anywhere close to 60% white before all of this, I mean, we're just talking March when all of this got serious in the U.S. And now, I mean, we're talking barely two months, if that, not even two months, for it to be 90% non-white? Wow. 
that would be another one in terms of, you know, are white people taking this seriously? If they really didn't think there was a Rona, I don't know if you would have that massive of a transfer of jobs. But that's anecdotal. That might not even be happening. This is just a casual observation. Interesting. But it was asked last week. Continuing. Uh, I would estimate it's not. uh, This is across a range of companies providing delivery services. It's also rare to see any wearing protective clothing. That seems to be pretty common worldwide. A colleague told me about a friend of theirs who has lost a parent and job in one month due to the coronavirus non-white this is very real that's in the message not my words wow wow take this seriously Wow. That's what I said, though, about the essential workers. We had the person who asked that question last week. If folks have, you know, been paying attention over the past week or if you didn't hear, I forgot who it was. But someone asked last week, have you been paying attention? The people, you know, if you get any deliveries, the postal workers, U.S. postal workers, I mean, uh, UPS, FedEx, uh, if you get, you know, Amazon deliveries or whatever, Instacart, depends on, you know, where you are. uh, The people that are bringing the packages, has it changed? Like if you noted the people that were in the area like January previously, if you've been in the same spot, did you note the racial classification of the folks that were doing the deliveries then? And then what does it look like now? Has it changed? Has it, you know, I think, like I said last week, I think in my area, it was mostly non-white people before. Uh, I think just in general, it seems like they have a lot of non-white people in the Seattle area that do uh, work at the post office or do the deliveries and what have you. So, I can't really say I've noticed a big change because it seemed like it was a lot of non-white people anyway. Uh, But wow, that is stunning. Approximately 60% white before, 90% non-white now. Wow. And for, and then they, again, they come out and do the tag unless they're going to do tips. And we even had folks who called in who said, you know, they do some of this, they do some of the deliveries and they were instructed from their supervisor. Like, ah, 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 no tips. You'll be a noble coon. Get out there and, you know, you do this hard work. We pay you adequately. You get out there and don't worry about that. All that you tell them all shucks. No, thank you. We can't take any tips. I think that's nonsense, too. Like what the world? Anyway, much obliged uh, for writing in workplace safety. Uh, Talk about that all the time. Like, man, they don't even have gloves. Uh, Other folks. uh, Let's see who are with us again. If we have any folks, if you use the PPP, if you've used that any familiarity or suggestions that would be good to get as well uh folks who dialed in with a hand up uh yeah folks who dialed in with a hand up proceed hey how you doing gus uh caller from out of jersey greetings you were one of, wasn't that uh, you hey, was that doing you the doing? deliveries where they were saying yeah uh, <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you know uh don't they didn't want us to uh take the tips but you know, the, amongst, amongst the workers, uh, you know, we got a cold. We just don't, we just don't go back to the, uh, to the, to the job, the off the warehouse and, um, you know, let them know that, you know, that we received, uh, the offerings from the, uh, customer. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's exactly they, that we was instructed to, uh, you know, don't take the tips. So I guess it was just kind of like, you know, yeah. We're at your service, you know, so, but I have been taking the tips. Um, I must say, you know, I've, you know, I've accumulated, um, 
quite a bit of coins. Um, I've been constructively saving the tips. Um, so that's what I've been doing with the tips. Uh, most of the people that I see working are non, non-white, um, black, Hispanic um, uh, workers. Um, on my job, they have provided us with uh, gloves and masks, um, just as so I've been back working for about uh, maybe about three to four weeks now since I was laid off and went back to work. And um, last well, this week, um, the end of last week, they just provided uh, masks. Um, getting um, I had to basically remind them of my vacation coming up because even though I was laid off for two weeks, I'm still was either entitled to the vacation pay or the vacation. So I'm, uh, I had to give a call to the supervisor. Hey, my vacation. Oh, you know, we'll get back to you. You know, then he uh, called me back and said, yeah, yeah, you're on vacation. You know, so I mean, and, um, but you know, if, if, um, if we need you, can we call? Um, you know, if, you know, if I feel like going in, I'll go in just to take advantage, um, of the, uh, extra work. Um, I've been doing deliveries in uh, affluent areas in New Jersey, and, and I just say, Gus, it, it just it's, it astounds me about of uh, the wealth that's in the hands of white people. I mean, immense wealth. You know, I'm delivering to um, million dollar homes, um, eight eight million dollar homes. Um, you know, I see, you know, every, you know, white people are just jogging, just, you know, just, just, it, it just seems like relaxed time for them. Um, with all the racial, uh, incidents of, uh, um, vigilante race soldiers approaching, um, black people, I have been, um, on guard, you know, at times. You know, at times a little nervous because, you know, I am walking up on, you know, um, residential property, like people's homes. I'm ringing bells, dropping packages, you know, so um, I've been uh, a little nervous about that. So, you know, I mean, I ring the bell, somebody peeks out the door, you know, I just give it, you know, wave and a smile. I go. Um, The tips that have been given to us, they... Uh, leave them outside the door in the envelope so they're aware that we're coming and, you know, the name of the company, this is for the delivery guy, um, I'll take the, take the money. Um, again, we said, um, like I said, on my way to work, a lot of black people are still um, using public transportation. Um, at times, um, I only see black people waiting on the bus, you know, so uh, when I'm on my way to work and I happen to glance over at the uh, bus stops, um, normally it's uh, black people. Um, you know, so as a but so that's that's mainly my report as of now. I have not been in New York City. You know, again, like I protested when they asked me. If I wanted to go to New York City, I said no, and um, they haven't asked again. So I've just been 
making my deliveries um, in New Jersey. Um, when they brought me back, my pay was still the same. I had different perks. Um, I had a gas car, so, you know, they, they haven't gave me the gas car back. It was uh, $75 a week. You know, $75 a week, Gus, definitely comes in handy when it comes to putting gas in your car to get to and from work. So they said uh, when things pick up, they will um, give me back the gas card. Um, I go to some residents um, to give another report. And, I mean, it's just I go to some customers, and it's just boxes and boxes of, of, of Amazon boxes. So, you know, they're just in the house. Uh, just ordering up a storm. Um, and I guess they've been suggested to leave boxes on the porch because of the coronavirus. So I noticed that boxes seem like they've been out there for a day because some of the boxes are like soaking wet. So I don't know if any boxes. So I'm like, I'm wondering, like, they don't even really care if uh, whatever's in this box gets damaged. But, um, you know, just, you know, just in the house, ordering away. Um, again, like people have money. I mean, I mean, we, cause we started selling meat products and we sell hamburgers and maybe, uh, you know, sausages, maybe four sausages come in a pack. You're talking about $25 for only four sausages, you know? So again, um, as um, they call me an essential worker, um, I really take no pride in it um, because once the nation gets rolling again, you know, we'll go back to um, low, lowly status. You know, um, it was a thing, and I'll close with this because um, ironically, it was this push for black people to become entrepreneurs. And for a while, um, having a job was kind of, being um, frowned upon. I mean, if you look through social media, it was, oh, you know, you just got one job. You're not trying to kill yourself. You're not 60 years old and, you know, trying to get your doctor's degree or trying to start a business. You're a lowlife. So just a few months ago to a year ago, you know, you were kind of like a lowlife if you just had one job. And that shaming was was was, was kind of laughable because you're shaming a group of people who are victimizing this country and who are a working class group. So that whole praise for the essential workers, um, I, I, I pay no attention to it. It's fake. Um, yeah, so I close with that. Fake news, fake praise, lots of fakeness uh, in the system of racism, white supremacy. Uh, bravo on getting your vacation. Uh, in my view, that is exactly what I talked about at the top. Uh, black self-respect to use your voice. Uh, do a lot, uh, or at least uh, when I do yoga, I like to do opening up through your uh, fifth chakra, throat chakra, uh, where you can use your voice, speak up. Uh, speak truthfully use words to articulate truth reveal truth 
uh, and just being able to speak up uh, my vacation is confirmed because I could definitely see this type of situation like oh no it's all hands on deck I mean my goodness and you know you can't, you can't take a vacation anyway we got crisis you can't get on the plane or drive anywhere my goodness we need you in here doing deliveries like I, 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 I already put this in got it approved vacation and uh, it, if you you know if it's one of those situations where you can I don't know if you're getting paid vacation time, but if it's paid vacation and you can earn double, like you still get paid vacation and then you can come in and work if you so choose. Great. Uh, if I'm chilling, like if I want to sit at home and prop my feet up and stare at the wall the whole time, or if I, you know, got plans to do something, whatever, uh, and I don't want to be bothered. Great. And I would say, I would not be afraid to tell them like, you know, I am going to be occupied. I don't think I'm going to be able to uh, help out. I will catch you all after uh, my time is over and being vague not yeah I'm not even giving up details about what I'm going to be doing making masks try to stay safe keep my hands washed like no details at all about you know what I'm going to be doing keep the nosiness out there um when things pick up they said with the guy I can totally imagine even with gas prices dropping for this short little period uh getting $75 for a gas card would be super handy when things pick up now you have so much work you're begging me to come in on my vacation time like when things pick up selling $25 packs of sausage less than right (laughs) when things pick up as though they're hurting right now like get out of here like the fakeness fake news fake empathy fake everything fake 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 give me my gas card and you know just keep it moving um, but good good job getting your uh, vacation. Hopefully you'll get the va- uh, gas card and a big raise uh, soon uh, and protect. I mean, yeah, they can't even do protective gear. Is that the excuse? When things pick up, we could get protective gear a little earlier to just get that a few weeks ago. Like tackiness, triple T's. That's what you can expect. Uh, much obliged caller in New Jersey. Uh, let's see other folks. Who dialed in with a hand up? Uh, if you have commentary, again, any experience with uh, PPP, that would be good. We can get suggestions for our listener. Uh, other folks, if we missed you totally, proceed. <clears throat> Hi, Ron. Yes, ma'am. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I hope everyone's having the best day they can have. Um, I have, I haven't used PPP, but where I work, they have like seminars and stuff about it because I work, I guess, in financial tech and they have to tell accountants what to tell their business people. So I've always had like some classes on it and the things keep changing. So I don't want to say too much because I don't want to confuse anybody. But the thing is, you don't, unless you own the business, you don't get PPP, the business gets it to pay you. So that, I mean, let's be very clear on that. You do not apply for that. You apply for stimulus. You apply for unemployment. If you are self-employed, maybe you can apply for PPP, but you cannot apply for PPP and unemployment. You have to pick one. I looked that up, and that was on the SBA website. You pick one. You don't get both. Um with going back to where I looked a little bit at Arizona because the person that called was in Arizona. I guess according to what I saw, it was USA Today. Yeah, I think USA Today. Um, the restaurants opened on Monday, which is the 11th, I think. So what you can do is 
just go to the CDC and OSHA website to see what the safety precautions are. And if you do choose to go back, you look and see. And I don't, I mean, you could videotape. They have to get mad. I don't have to record it on my phone or whatever. If things were not in place, but if they're not in place, then I wouldn't say. And then that's, you would need proof to be like, well, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. That's why I can't go back. Because according to the website, the shelter in place is still affecting until the 15th in Arizona. But I guess it's a food service job. So they could go back to it on the 11th. But you have to prove, you will have to prove that whatever, that the precautions are in place. And to say where I am, I'm in Georgia, you know, tattoo central, I guess. Um, but like I'm supposed to go back to a job on the 18th and I was like, all the precautions in place and I will very gladly look at them funny and I walk out the door. I feel bad because I'm supposed to be the teacher and if there's no teacher usually there's a class, but, um, you can learn that math without me. It's really not that hard to take a time. Because um, I have this little job here that pays slightly less, but more in the long run because I don't have to pay for gas and travel, get new loaner clothes and wash my clothes every five minutes because I'm home and all of that. Um, and, and I don't know if this is definitely workplace racism, but, you know, I don't know, shout out to Michael Jordan because I read that when he did the last dance thing, none of the interviews were in his house. So I think that's black self-respect. He's like keeping his, I mean, we know a lot about him anyway, but to try to keep some things private. So they said even though they were interviewing him, they were at other people's homes. So shout out to him for that. And I guess that's part of work because he was working doing those interviews. Thank you. Much obliged, much obliged. Like, uh, that's the same thing. Our caller who wrote in, uh, the suggestion, you know, when you're going to be doing video conferencing and what have you, like you do not want to be showing your, all of your private and what does your house look like? And this, that, and the other, like same suggestion that we got earlier game recognized rain game. I reckon, uh, that is uh, great suggestions for our caller, uh, in Arizona. Uh, and, uh, one, we heard about that before, uh, in terms of people coming in and taking pictures or video, whatever it is, uh, documenting like, Hey, they are not following the protocol to ensure workplace safety. Uh, and you know, whether it was sending it to the local health department, the mayor, whomever, another powerful white person. Uh, and we had reports where some folks got immediate uh, assistance uh, in getting that corrected uh, and making that, hey, take this seriously. Like, we're not messing around and clean that up and stop doing this and blah, 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 and all the rest of us. I think that excellent, excellent suggestion uh, with going in, have your phone ready, look at, you know, what the protocols are supposed to be uh, and see, you know, is it safe? Uh, is this have they got things set up where your health is going to be great? Again, she said she was uh, trying to just get her blood pressure together. So you've already got comorbidities. Like they got to be really on point uh, with their health and safety or yeah, that, that should, you know, greatly impact decisions you make choices you make about, you know, where you, whether you want to be in that environment or not. Excellent suggestions. Uh, Hello. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. I didn't, I just remember this. I did look at the act and also like, cause I was like, do they, they do have to bring you, they do have to bring 
like a set number of people back, and it's based on two dates. It's either right before the virus or sometime in 2019. So they may pick the, the company might pick the lesser head count. Um, and they need to bring, they may bring you back at the same salary. Some may give bonuses as they want. They probably won't. But I did read, and I'll make sure I look it up again and send, send a link or if I find them, let you know where it is. They can pay up to, I believe, they don't have, they can pay most of the salary, but not all of it. And I know she, the work, the, the caller said that they were going to give her minimum wage. I don't know if that's what she was getting before and she was downgraded, but that's something to think about as well. Mm. Great point. Great point. That was why I suggested go ahead and read so that you can get all the details uh, and try to be as informed as possible. Then you can ask good questions and kind of put yourself in the best position to figure out what you want to do uh, for that situation. But great suggestions. Uh, let's see other folks who dialed in. If you have a hand up, if you have commentary to share again, any thoughts on the PPP situation that is grand. Uh, if you have your own situation, that is also great. Or if you have thoughts on what's been discussed so far, uh, folks with a hand up proceed. Uh, I heard both of you. Uh, let's see. We'll get uh, we'll get red in Ohio first. Great, thank you. I'll be quick. Thank you for taking my call. Um, just one thing to add this week. Uh, so, I well, actually, two things. Um, it seems like with the the order for the employees to wear masks when they get up from their desk. It doesn't seem like it's actually working out. Um, I don't want to say it's not actually working out. It doesn't seem like people are actually... actually um, it's because they are actually not wearing them right. They're wearing the mask, like, right on their chin. So they have the uh, the straps around their ears, but they're actually putting the mask, like, the the nose and mouth covering on their chin. So it's like, what's the point of that? Uh, or when they talk, they'll take down the mask and talk because they're like, oh, it's hard to talk through the mask and like just speak louder. It defeats the whole purpose. So um, it just really made me think about, it seems like this is all a suggestion and no one is actually enforcing the proper usage of these masks. Um, the... Um, another thing is that this white woman who doesn't uh, sit that far away from me, she was actually one of the, the white people involved in the conversation that I spoke about, I don't know if it was last week or the week before last, with the white man saying, oh, he had corona like four times. Um, he was actually speaking to this white, to the white woman that I'm going to mention. Um, but she, it, she likes to talk and sometimes she'll come up to me and talk to me. Not very often, but it's definitely unsolicited. Just trying to do my work, so it's trying to navigate that is a little bit more difficult. Even like if I have my back turned to her, she will still kind of invite herself into the conversation. Regard, you know, invite me into a conversation that she just basically wants to 
have with herself just to, you know, hear herself out loud. She was saying um, something about how she couldn't wait to go back to the pool and her complex, but then she doesn't really want to use the pool in her complex because people like to use the pool as a shower. All this I was feeling, all this I was thinking, like, you know, this isn't something that I really care about and feel free to take a dip in the COVID pool for all I care. Um, the last thing is the just mentioning the conniving nature of white people. Um, this, this week, uh, a white man who I had to uh, do some of his work for him because he he wasn't keeping up. Um, he had apparently um, had to do an assignment for the same client that I had to uh, do an assignment for. And he, when he got the assignment, um, he sent an email to the manager. Um, the manager, our manager is non-white. And he was like, well, you know, Red didn't do this right. Um, if you can, I don't know, if I guess that was a way of him basically reaching out to the manager to give to, to coach me on it. So the manager um, sends me an email. She's like, hey, such and such said that you didn't do this right. Um, can you go ahead and, and take care of this, this new assignment that I actually assigned to him? Like, okay, so I look over the assignment that I had, and lo and behold, I did do it right. And the new assignment that he had was for a completely different issue. So I still go ahead and take care of his assignment because the supervisor said I needed to, but I um, then, you know, send an email back to the supervisor because I am still new to the position. Um, send an email back, very professional, saying, hey, it was taken care of correctly. Here's here's what I was supposed to do. Here's what he was supposed to do. And here is the proof that I did what I was supposed to do right. Um, so she then goes back to him saying, hey, this is actually, you know, see her response. You actually didn't do it. You know, this is actually different and go ahead and take care of the issue. And then that's when I, I guess maybe I wasn't clear. The only thing that I would change about the situation is that I wasn't clear in the fact that I still completed the task that the supervisor told me to complete, even though it wasn't, it wasn't because I did something wrong. So um, I just thought that that was, uh, I just took note of that. And I'll, I'll, I wanted to definitely make sure that in the email that I did, um, that I, you know, I, I did provide proof what I, what I did right and what he did not read correctly about the assignment that he was given. Um, I'll meet my line. Thank you. Hmm. Much obliged, Red in Ohio. Uh, they always find a way to blame black people, like somehow some way we will shove it off they said it was obama's fault they said we don't have the ventilators that we need and uh that no good trifling obama you know 
he he gave us this Obamacare thing, and that's why we don't have it. Like I thought he's been gone like four years. Like what in the world? Four more years. Four more years. Four more years. Easy. Uh, but they find some way to blame the black person when it's just lazy, trifling racists, and that is a huge pattern. That's been like one of the biggest patterns the years we've been doing workplace racism. Lazy racists don't want to do their work, and let me. And manipulate and find some kind of way I'll blame it on the nigger like oh yeah yeah it's her fault yeah yeah she messed it up she just messed up the whole thing almost ruined the whole company and see if I can fork one of my extra assignments over there yeah get that one off keep my feet propped up play some solitaire on the computer like standard like and that's why I say with those accusations I always take those seriously not you know jump up and down and get emotional and go curse anybody out but like Oh, man, I did something incorrect. Man, thank you for letting me know. Let me, you know, investigate so I can see what I did wrong, correct my mistake and make sure that I never do that again. Like that'll this will make me a better employee, like really embrace it in that way. And then when we go through the investigation, oh, it looks like I didn't make any errors here. It looks like Timothy actually was the one who messed this up. Excellent. I love it to write back where you have electronic proof had her evidence nope this is what I did this is the protocol boom 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 and this is where the error is and it looks like Timothy might have messed something up and I still did the assignment do as I'm told spectacular but I love that because they love to do that sort of thing uh be in Toronto has talked about that those just little come and 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 make some snide remark or some accusation so that oh yeah this you know red is terrible employee she's just messing things up left and right causing me to get behind in my work because I got to go and correct all her and nothing true at all they just lie and lie and lazy and lie lazy and lie take time off from doing their work to lie and practice racism on other black people great job uh, pointing out and then the white woman coming up to talk about I've said that too like they do so much of that it'll probably be more of that because you have white people at least pretending to be stressed or whatever it is uh, but coming to, to just talk to victims in the workplace about just random things uh, talk to about affairs that they're having on their spouse talk to you about their unruly children talk to you about their breastfeeding habits and they talk to you about you know my dilemma with the pool and do I want to go get in am I going to get the virus I'm excited like, I'm trying to get work done, man. Put your mask on right and go back to your desk. Like, what is going? That's another one. I would say I'd said this before the whole Rona situation. Like, feel free to let white people know when they come up. If you're working like, oh, pardon me, Helen. You know, I, I would love to chat it up about the pool, but I'm kind of really behind. Like, man, I, Timothy was saying I was making errors. And yeah, I really got to focus here. So we have to talk about your pool situation later. But. I hope it works out for you. If you get out, have a great time, get lots of rays, and uh, we'll talk soon. Like, and it might even be shorter than that. We talked about that before, like using as few words as possible. But like, yeah, because they will do that. They'll come and waste 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Is, you know, it might even be more than that to just talk about foolishness. Like, we're in the crisis situation, right? We all got to be, and we got to be social distancing. That was the other thing somebody said. They just reminded them. They pointed to the mask, like social distancing, social to like, yeah, you don't even have to get into all that. I'm worried, like back up, give me 15 feet back up. Like we'll have to talk way later. And from a distance, like send me an email about your pool situation or, you know, whatever, like those days of casual gossip at the desk are long gone. And, uh, I would also, it might not be a bad idea 
to suggest maybe we need a refresher on the correct way of wearing masks uh, because it seems that you know maybe we all don't know the correct way of having it on and you know that way we can optimize efficiency I mean it's no reason having a mask policy if people are going to have the mask on top of their head or over their ear I mean let's make sure everybody knows the correct way to wear the mask okay like that might be a good one to ask uh, in a workplace if you're concerned if you're seeing a lot particularly if they got the policy and then people are not doing it correctly like might be a good one to ask Um, strange times calls for I, I feel like at some level, it's like you end up doing like a lot of public uh, public service uh, at this time. But I mean, it is emergency. So, yeah, but that might be one to ask. Maybe we can get because uh, that's like five minutes. We can just get a quick YouTube video or a quick demonstration. Correct way to wear your mask. Uh, much obliged, Red. Great job fighting off the accusations. Uh, let's see. Uh, the caller who spoke up simultaneously. Thank you for your patience. Uh, you had commentary. Uh, can I be heard? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, great. Uh, good evening. Um, I don't think it's about um, a video. I think they don't care <laughs> about the math. Um, but what I wanted to call and talk about was um, I, I personally, um, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I've been out of the workforce for a while now. Um, since the coronavirus, my, uh, husband was followed, so, uh, nobody has been working. Um, my, uh, my mom and my aunt work in the healthcare industry, and they both got the virus. And, um, first they got the virus, and, um, they got the symptoms, and then they called the doctors and stuff. They couldn't get an actual test. But they said, based on the symptoms, it sounds like it's a coronavirus. Um, they were sick for like around three weeks. They had high fever, um, shortness of breath, and all those kind of symptoms. And after like around like the second week, that's when they got a test. And the test took 10 days to get the results. Um, so by the time they got the test back, they basically look like they're, they're, they're okay. They got better, uh, thankfully, because I'm in New York State, and um, I've known a lot of people that have, um, that have died um, from the coronavirus, or whatever they call it. Um, and um, the nurses and the, the healthcare workers are not getting the proper equipment in terms of, because like my aunt, she was saying that she was, um, she was handling patients with no protective gear at all. We just started. There was no protective gear at all. She had no gloves, no masks, nothing. And she was, she was interacting with patients, coughs, whatever. And, like, the next day she goes to work or next week or whatever, they say, oh, you know that patient that you were working with, they, they tested positive. Um, and um, she was telling me there was, like, a really um, a balloon in the amount of people who were being admitted um, with the, the coronavirus and that, People were dying so quickly that, um, you know, the, the, the morgues were filled up. The, um, the, the trucks outside, that was the frozen trucks outside were filled up. She said at one point she doesn't even know where the bodies were going. Um, and, yeah, that's, I think that's, <laughs> that's my commentary. That's what I wanted to add it. Uh, thank you for letting me speak. That is stunning. Um, 
Good to hear from you. Been a while. Thanks for under well, I don't know if to say thanks, but I mean, wow, that is uh I at least appreciate because we do, you know, have cows listeners and many folks at confusion. It's difficult to try to get a accurate grasp on what's happening, uh and you know, folks being doubtful about what's happening, but uh more evidence uh that we should take this seriously. Uh and corroborating, I mean just saying the same thing that I've heard like wow it seems like we have a lot of essential workers uh, who are non-white people uh, frontline workers they say that's what they come out and do all the tackiness we appreciate our healthcare professionals and out on the front line battling all of this uh, it seems like you got a lot of non-white people in these dangerous spots and then no protect we've heard that from quite a few folks just today no protection can't even get testing you've <laughs> been Man, I mean, that's just disgraceful. I'm just glad uh, that they recovered. Um, met, uh, Dr. Vanessa Grubbs, she was on the program uh, just last week. Black female, uh, medical doctor. Uh, she's a uh, uh, nephrologist, specifically kidney doctor, uh, where she said, oh, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, uh, no way. I'm not going in the hospital. Like, they're not taking care of healthcare workers and that whole situation is ridiculous she says she knew uh doctors healthcare professionals who got six i think she even said she knew some that died uh she's like no nah, i'm good I'm like uh nope i'll do a little bit of teaching on the side or what have you work on my writing get ready for my next book like nah that's why i said take it seriously in terms of asking uh questions about proper protocol procedures uh because i mean it's just been disgraceful uh, in terms of what people have been subjected to just uh, in work environments uh, basics gloves mask protective gear and then the same tackiness they come and tell you a week, oh do you know Jennifer the patient you oh she had COVID-19 they come and tell you a week later like <sighs> take it very seriously regardless of your workplace if it's you know a hospital or a nursing facility whatever uh, office environment take it seriously and the same thing we were saying before all of this take your safety seriously like make that a top priority because it is very likely that no one else will care especially if you work with racists hopefully uh, your husband he can get back to work and for sure you are a stay at home mom you are working man that is uh super tough work i suspect a whole lot of folks who have uh offspring hanging out with them now uh as opposed to being at school or what have you will double down on that one and say wow yes that is work uh the number again 605-313-5164 the code 564-943-POUND press star six one if you would like to participate they had that report on uh, 60 minutes it was two weeks ago where they were talking about that the in new york specific i don't know if it was uh it was new york city specifically where they were saying that the uh bodies were being stacked up uh in the refrigerator trucks and they were having difficulty trying to place them it was reported a number of times i know there was some suspicion about that amongst cows listeners as well uh, i did locate the other email that i wanted to make sure uh that i shared uh, related to workplace racism and the tackiness, like I said. Uh, so female victim of racism, she writes in. Also in the New York area. Uh, so recently, one of our former students passed away from COVID-19. I know the family personally and have spoken to them since. 
I also coach and teach the younger sibling of this former student and have spoken to him on numerous occasions. This student was in his mid to late 20s. The day after the former student's death, we had to do a conference call for work that included about 15 people from my department. All suspected racists except one. Now, see, you can note the difference right there. Now, when they talked about uh, who was working at the grocery store, the clip I played at the beginning, they said no white people at the grocery store, even out here in Seattle, where it's super white. Even when I go to the the grocery store today, disproportionate number of non-white people working at the grocery store, black, all, you know, non-white, but lots of non-white. They don't even have tons of non-white people in Seattle, but they somehow got them at the grocery store working. Continuing. Uh, So it's all 15 people on this conference call, all suspected racists except one. When the call was finishing up, they stated they heard about the student's death and assumed it was due to his weight and being a diabetic. They then proceeded to make fun of his weight issues and laugh. I interrupted all the fun and stated he actually passed due to COVID-19. It then went silent. And one suspected racist said, quick, someone say something positive. Needless to say, they could care less about their former student's death. That's what I mean. Like, not that, you know, I would hope we shouldn't need too many more illustrations. And I mean, this is such uh, a tragic, but I mean, laughing and joking. It's not, oh, man. He passed. This is terrible. And a student passed away. Maybe we can get a scholarship. And has anyone reached out to his family? They don't even do the tacky. You know, maybe we can pass around a cap and get a card. Maybe we can get a card and, you know, send some flowers to the family or something. Sorry for your loss and all that. Oh, we got the fat black people. Bet he liked fried chicken. They love fried chicken. Remember that movie, Precious? Oh, that was another one. They love the chubby chicken. That's what we got. And blaming black people. It's not some other folks pointed that out when it was white people at first, when people were still saying all the nonsense that black people were immune, it wasn't blaming. It wasn't, you know, oh, man, I'm so sad that that happened to them or, you know, whatever. And finding a way to, to joke and ridicule people who had the virus. It was all sympathy and take this serious. Not for but even a black person that we know. This is one of our students. Nah, you know, the black man, they can't turn that fried chicken down. And then once that gets pointed out, like, no, this person actually died from COVID-19 in their 20s. Not, you know, my God, they missed out on their whole life and, you know, relatives and all that. We just want to tell some joke. Got to get our racist jokes in. Somebody talks about that all the time. Got to get our racist jokes in. And then when it's pointed out, like, oh, we should be serious. This isn't anything to laugh about. Oh, uh, well, anybody got something else to talk about? Another joke? Anything? wrap this up penis is the draw does not get any better than tacky that's what i said is we're not a family we're not all in this together it is white supremacy racism still every day all day so disgusting i appreciate the person that's another one of those like i don't know to say thank you but good to have the information i'm sorry for that student's loss in their 20s Take this seriously. That should not be lost in this either. Take this seriously. Take this seriously. Number again is 605-313-5164. 
the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, other folks who dialed in, if we missed you totally, uh, you have commentary to share. Line should be open. Proceed. Hi, Jeff. I uh, heard both uh, retired fighter fighter uh, be in Toronto will nab uh, be first, then get retired firefighter. Thank you. Hi, Gus. Retired firefighter uh, calls listeners. Um, so, yes, I uh, was calling in uh, because there's been some interesting uh, things that have been happening, uh, starting with today. Um, for this week, it's my first time being uh, on on-call duty. And um, I received um, I received a message from staff that they couldn't find the urine strip, and I was being asked as to whether I know where they were. Now I've I haven't been in work for the past three days, so of course I wouldn't have known where they were located. Um, but I I gave recommendations as to where they might want to look. You know the the last place was usually kept or look in the medication binder to see who's the last person that tested for it so they can contact them to see where it may have been placed, only to be informed that the uh, urine strips, um, and this is the regular testing that would be done for one of the clients, the urine strips were found in a, in a boot, in a behavior therapist boot, um, which is interesting because, um, well, but why would they be there? Um, but uh, it's it's mainly Caucasian that works there, only one East Indian, um, and myself, uh, the one black person. So um, just found it really interesting. Um, so I, I go and I uh, I informed um, the supervisor about the the going on, and um, you don't hear anything about, oh, what negligence and, and whatnot. But when there were more black people working at the residence, you know, the slightest little thing, oh, look at those black people. Or, well, they don't say black people, but you could tell that they were referring to um, to black people when they're saying, oh, I can't believe they couldn't figure this out. Or, you know, and it could be very, you know, minimal things um, that, you know, it's just because information wasn't passed, which is often the case. Oh, look how they don't know this or that. But, you know, urine strips found in the boot of the behavior therapist is, you know, business as usual. Uh, All I could think of, oh, my goodness, like these must be the stupidest people I've I've ever been around and and I'm it's it's just a special kind of stupid. <laughs> um, that's how I think about the whole event. Um, I was just wondering um, to avoid rereading the email. Were you able to read the email for that I had sent? Oh, I did not read your email yet. Let's see. Can- No worries, because I can 
I can I have it right here. I was just wanted to avoid duplication. Up, oh, I got it now. Okay. Well, uh I don't know. This will be a, I guess okay. you can you can read it <laughs> since you wrote it or yeah, you're already yeah. online. <laughs> I'm already online. I'll I'll condense it as much as possible as well. Um so this uh was what's happening at the plantation. It was sent back on April 29th. And I have, here's my report for the week. My experience at the plantation continues to unfold with staff demonstrating insubordination, outright lies against me and mistreatment. As a result, I have gone up the chain of command to have these matters resolved. During a meeting with my superiors, I was informed that I was, that when I use the term, by the way, and the word and, these are examples of passive-aggressive language. And I vehemently disagreed as there was no evidence to substantiate them. I was told that when I use the phrase or term, it implies that the individual, I say this to, are at fault. I again stated that I disagreed and continued to use these terms throughout my conversation with them, to which they did not seem to pick up on. I was accused of being condescending to staff team, uh, to which I asked for further explanation and was not provided one. When I brought up the example with the staff member who deliberately disregarded my recommendations regarding using the appropriate cleaners as per policy, I was told that my my delivery could have been better. When I added that the staff proceeded to place initials of doing the sanitizing with the incorrect cleaner, that's when the conversation began to shift. I was informed by my superiors that another staff member claimed that I had told them that they cannot do anything right. I asked when did this conversation take place as it never happened. The day I was told that the allegation had taken place, I have evidence that it did not occur. I continue to inform supervisors of the, of the examples where the same staff lied about myself and other staff members on the team. I was told that the investigation is ongoing at this time. And to date, um, when I asked for further specifics on the allegations that, that uh, one staff member had stated, to date, I still haven't received any updates on that. Um, I relate concerns that I do not know where the animosity is coming from, as I have only worked there for two months and inquired whether others had applied for the job and had turned it down and were bitter. Um, I was told no, uh, no one ap- applied for the position that was on the team. As an aside, um, in my own thoughts, meaning, I can only suspect that this is racist intent. So on my days off, I became increasingly familiar with the Occupational Health and Safety Act regarding workplace racism, and I've also become familiar regarding the laws on recording conversations. Uh, It's illegal to record conversations when you're not part of the conversation. However, you can record conversations that you are a part of without the other party knowing, and lawyers will advise this, especially if if the individual is in a vulnerable position. Um, because I consider myself in a vulnerable position, I started collecting evidence. Um, uh, as one of the superiors had put me in a very compromising position, uh, while they were enforcing an incident report on me, they're telling me within that same shift day that I should be altering documentation so that they don't have to do uh, incident report, of which I have my evidence of that. Um, and then the second part... Um, uh, is also the fact that here you have the staff making allegations that I've told her that she couldn't do anything right, and I have evidence to support that I've not done so. Um, 
So uh, what I did is I also had forwarded an email to uh, my superiors to follow up on the discussion. Um, and I stated that I would like the actions of the staff to cease and desist as they are harming my professional reputation with the company. Um, and I had also added in the email the same verbiage as outlined in the Occupational Health and Safety Act that states that staff are engaging in a course of vexatious comment and or conduct against the worker in a workplace that is known or ought to reasonably be known as unwelcome uh, by citing the workplace harassment as mentioned earlier. So I still await to hear results of this investigation, but my ongoing constructive goal is to seek justice and I'm prepared to clean house with all the information I've collected to vindicate myself. Um, I've learned a lot since the last horrible plantation I was at and I'm still learning. Thank you all for the tools during the Neutralizing Workplace Racism podcast as I'll put them to efficient and effective use. Uh, thank you and I leave the line. Much obliged to be in Toronto. Uh, I actually did read that, but it was last week. I was thinking uh, from this week. It's like, no, I did not read it this week. But yes, last week I did read it, but I did need a refresher because uh, it had been seven days. Um, but number one, the urine strips, even before we get to the get back to, as it were, the email, uh, the urine strips. uh like I, I mean, we're in the middle of a global health crisis. I guess they got standards. So if testing the clients, drug testing the clients is, you know, standard protocol, I guess they got to do what they got to do. But it would. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, that just stood out to me. Like we got to be drug testing uh, the clients, even with the Rona situation. But that said, like that's the second time today uh, that we've had, you know, something goes wrong. And oh, let's see if the non-white person has been up to no good. In Toronto, did you did you mess over the urine strips? Like I haven't even been here. Like what are you talking about? Like uh, the same way accused Red in Ohio. Like you messed up the paperwork here, made me get behind in my paperwork. Like no, that's that's not it at all. And then they find the urine strips out in a boot, something in the therapist's boot or what have you. Certainly suspicious. Where's the investigation? Like when she was talking about the incident report. Like before, if you drop medication or what have you, incident report. You don't even have the urine strips to do the drug tests. Isn't that an incident report? No, it's found in the. Oh, no, we just we got them now moving on. (laughs) Wow. Discretion. Uh, And that's what she said. Where you note when you have a lot of black employees, it's totally different. Now we got incident report about everything. And oh, my God, so irresponsible and incompetent and lazy. Now that we have a lot of white staff suspected racists. You can have all kinds of bizarre things happen and eh, we'll try to do better tomorrow. That is the system of white supremacy with the email specifically. Um, I believe I said last week uh, that when they, uh, when you attempt to point out like, Oh, wait a minute. I think we're supposed to be doing the cleaning by this protocol. public safety really like trying to make sure that we're all uh well and not you know taking anything home to our family loved ones or not even getting sick ourselves it's oh my gosh got this uppity negro trying to tell us what to do coming in here and being nasty and rude i think i said last week i said uh i would ask specifically what problem is being caused when i use the words by the way i said i would also go ask uh does anyone else use the word or the phrase by the way, where it causes a problem, 
and specifically with the conjunction and like, oh man, like, uh, is there a list? Like, is there a list of phrases or words uh, that I should not use or that I should avoid using so that I don't sound hostile so I can write them down? We got, by the way, the conjunction and boop, I want, does anyone else in the office use the conjunction and in a manner that causes a problem or is perceived as hostile? That's and I think last week was a number of questions that I would ask just about that because we've had that before. We're just pointing out like, oh, wait a minute. I think the protocol we're supposed to use, you know, this cleanance. What are you doing? Talking down to me and being rude. And that's no, ma'am. No, sir. Just pointing out the cleaner. That would be another one I would ask. So if, if I see where it appears someone might be violating protocol procedure, should I say something or should I not say anything at all? That was another one I said from last. It was a whole lot of questions. I'm going to ask about that, like with pen and pad, like, or recorder. I think I said that too. Like I would look uh, at the recording information. Bam. I might have to take out my recorder and get cracking. Like, let's get all this down. Like, so I'll know the whole list of words, phrases I'm not supposed to use. I'll know if anybody else here uses and in a hostile and combative manner. Like I'll get straight on all of that real quick. And then we can move forward. We'll never have this problem again. If I'm not supposed to say the word and, that might take some training, but I'll work as hard as possible. Are there any other conjunctions? Because I say but frequently also. So are there any other conjunctions that I'm not allowed to use? Get that list straight. There were lots of questions. I think some other folks might have had questions or suggestions there. But bravo on getting additional information, having evidence so that you can show I was here. I wasn't here. It's not even possible <laughs> that I smuggled out the urine strips like <sighs> Tadn't get any better than tacky and racism, white supremacy is global. No way you're going to go to escape that problem. So just have to work on our codification for the workplace. Uh, let's see. Much obliged to be in Toronto. Uh, retired firefighter. Thank you for your patience, sir. Did you have uh, commentary suggestions? Uh, I uh, just have uh, something to, uh, to report. I could have it could be it could be used on Saturdays, uh, but uh, I want to use it today uh, because it's it can be, it's good clinic on uh, being careful on uh, when you uh, when a person on the entry level of a job on what they put on their application. And especially if that person's future uh, has in mind a high, a quote-unquote high-profile position, uh, you, I think you, you know about it because I've been sending you the uh, the uh, uh, reports on it. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Broward Sheriff Gregory Tony. Uh, Basically, he was the person, if anybody was, was inquired to know, the person that replaced the uh, Broward County Sheriff uh, after the uh, Stoneman Douglas uh, quote-unquote massacre that took place, uh, I believe now it's been, what, about two years, something like that. Uh, he was a, uh, This is a black male that was the uh, appointee by the white male governor of the state of Florida. Ron DeSantis, 
uh, that defeated a black male in, in, in the governor, governor uh, election. Uh, in turn, uh, uh, there tend to be some resentment between uh, the person who got replaced and it is suspected that he came up with this information that I'm about to uh, recite, which is uh, uh, he actually, the present sheriff, Broward County Sheriff, black male, married to a white female, that's important to know, uh, that he killed a, another non-white male back when he was 14 years old. Uh, he, the position does not require that that person is a, is a registered or a licensed enforcement official, but he was, he was an enforcement official with another police department in the state of Florida on the entry level of uh, filling out the application. He did not report uh, uh, his uh, situation of him killing someone when he was 14 years old. Uh, reportedly, it was, it was not considered to be a crime, uh, but nevertheless, there were some very uh, unclear questions on the application to whereas he uh, uh, did not post that particular uh, reality that took place in his life and in turn uh, I think out of vindictiveness from the person that uh, he replaced, uh, these things came up, that particular situation came up. Uh, in turn, the person who appointed him, the governor, uh, kind of backed away from him and saying that that's up to the people because the election hasn't came up yet. Uh, he just just an appointed position. Election will come up this summer. Uh, also, uh, he is a member of a of some sort of uh, I guess some kind of secretive club where the p parties uh, are. It was some pictures of him half naked with uh, other uh, with white women who are naked and whatnot, that sort of thing, but that was posted publicly. And in turn, uh, all of these things, you know, come, come up, you know, uh, and, uh, you never know on how, you know, uh, things change in your life, you know, and, uh, and, uh, people who may, uh, be in a position to, uh, harm you, they, you make it, you make it easier by publicly, uh, uh, projecting your private life. I put it that way. Uh, you make it easy to do so. And in turn, that's what he's, uh, involved in right now. Uh, I'm not going to judge him, although, uh, I do, uh, think that it is incorrect uh, for white people to be having sex with uh, non-white people on the global system of racism and white supremacy. Uh, but uh, just some things to think about uh, through uh, employment, uh, if, especially if you're at the entry level of it. 
you never know how things will work out. So make sure that you're very careful about how you fill out applications, how you fill out applications. As far as actions of other people and what they would have, have on you, you have very little control over that. But that part, the part that I'm mentioning about, uh, you do have some control over on what you put on an application and in turn, uh, how you, uh, display your private life. And uh, that's, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Much obliged, retired firefighter. Very important. I know Dr. Cambon has talked about, in fact, uh, said explicitly not even have a social media account that would cut out some of that where they can't go back and sift through five, 10, 20 years uh, and see what kind of post uh, pics you had when you were in high school or college or whatever it is. Uh, or middle school, who knows, um, to not even have that sort of thing so you can avoid that problem altogether. Um, and what you have on your resumes as well. Uh, I certainly will say in the system of racism, white supremacy, though, if you are to the point where you're getting an appointment from the governor of a state and that type of, I mean, governors often, these are folks who are in line to become president. You don't have very many governors. Um, you probably have been pretty well vetted like racists are not exact contrary to what we have heard from others uh white people are not ignorant about black people uh especially if it gets to where they're going to be you know appointing you to this that that type of thing like they tend to do a lot of background checks on their negros so yeah i'm sure they probably had this information for a while and I think it was even part of your thesis. Maybe this was done to, you know, upset. He got this job or replaced somebody who were upset about it. So, ah, well, you know, the, the person that he replaced was, was a white male and his name was, and I'm not making this up, Scott Israel. And it, it is highly suspected that that white male was the person that dispo, exposed this information on him because the election uh, is the, it, it, the, the, the primary takes place a few weeks from now in, in August it takes place in August which is real soon so that would be fresh on on uh, people uh, voting uh, a few weeks from now you'll be fresh on their minds between the two He's probably smirking somewhere right now, that white male. <laughs> Context of white supremacy. Much obliged, retired firefighter. Uh, let me give out our number again. Uh, 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND press star six one if you would like to participate uh, other folks we have missed totally uh, if you have comments observations to share line should be open proceed may I be heard yes ma'am yes this is Mrs. T in um I've been working as a contractor at the job I'm uh, currently working for. Been there for almost six months. I have been working um, 
from home ever since uh, the middle of March. Um, we have routine, um, I guess, uh, video meetings. Um, I work uh, from my dining room table. Um, when I first got hired, we were issued a uh, laptop and a VPN. So when they told us, you know, we have to work from home, the transition, the transition was pretty easy. Uh, when we have our Zoom meetings, uh, we have, like, team meetings, and then we have, like, company meetings. And when we were having, like, the team meetings, um, I didn't, like, turn on the camera, and, you know, people in the team meeting were complaining, like, oh, we're not seeing each other, I can't see your face, things of that nature. And so I turned the camera on, and like I said, um, my uh, working from the dining room table, I'm facing like directly behind me are blinds and I had like uh, the lights all open the blinds. And so when I turned the camera on, all you could see was a silhouette of me. And so they complained about that. We, I can't, we can't see your face. So, you know, uh, close the blinds, turn on the lights um, so they could see my face. Um, and they were like looking at the blinds and, um, that was my background until they provided like a, a background for us to use. And so I uploaded the background and um, it was like some weird background. So you couldn't like see my blinds anymore. It was just the background that they uh, provided for us to use. Uh, we had like a team meeting, I think it's uh, been over two weeks ago um, where the, I guess the vice president, of the company stated that um, the government was paying $5,000 per employee um, for, I think they call it paid non-work days. And um, during the meeting, someone asked, will the contractors be in this paid non-work days? And we were told, yes, we, will, we were included. And so it was like 10 days they gave us paid non-work days. Um, the days were assigned by our, I guess, supervisors. So I have a four-day weekend, still working from home. Um, was told that um, I guess they're going to start bringing us back in. Um, I would go to the office maybe once a week to pick up things from the office. And, you know, when you go to the office, uh, the first they had this sign on the door stating, you know, ring the bell, speak with the security guard. And the security guard asked me that I have my badge. And I was like, yes. He's like, scan your badge. Come on in. No one's taking your temperature or anything at the door. Um, went into the building to retrieve what I needed. Um, uh, in the department that I went in to retrieve the things that I needed from these people, it was, you know, two people uh, in that department in which I went to retrieve the items no mask. Um, they were just walking around like nothing was happening. I had my N95 mask on along with gloves, retrieved what I needed from the office, left. Um, now they're um, stating that <laughs> they're bringing us back. And my new supervisor stated to me that um, I'm on the list of people that they're bringing back on Monday. And, but he said, you know, once we get more details on what's going on, 
that he's going to let me know. Um, given the fact that I have a four-day weekend, um, Wednesday reporting in, he didn't report to me, uh, you know, the protocol for coming in on Monday. So I guess I'll find out Monday while I'm working from home uh, what's going to be going on with that. And, um, yeah, um, just like I said, just working from home and four-day weekends for the next uh, five weeks. And two weeks are down, and so I have, like, three more weeks of um, four-day weekends. Thank you. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. More four day weekends, more paid days off or paid non work days. Uh, love it. Uh, hope you have your protocol in uh, the same type of uh, precaution uh, that you had around uh, or uh, how would I phrase it? Having some willingness to not want to expose everything like I'm looking to make sure I have some level of privacy I'm not trying to expose my entire residence even trying to see if I can avoid having to have my picture uh, on the screen like love it Uh, I suspected that uh, racists would not allow that oh no like we we gotta see you like uh, yeah we need to make sure that you might have an imposter there or some other nonsense. Um, I think some other folks had talked about them providing a background so that everybody either has like the company logo or, you know, whatever. Um, that will work too. We had talked about that. That's fine. Like if it's just going to be your uh, picture, get a spot where you can, you know, get through the meetings and with as little tackiness as possible. Um, if it's a company issue uh, laptop, I love the suggestions that we got last week. Uh, about uh, having the laptop like packed, turned off, unplugged, and put that sucker in the trunk. If you have a, a garage, put it in the trunk of the vehicle. Uh, just, hey, racists do a lot of snooping and spying, particularly on their subjects, victims of racism. So, yeah, any lots of folks I know under these conditions, uh, if you get to work at home, great, take advantage, hope it lasts forever. Uh, but yeah, if you get one of those laptops or cell phone, anything else, uh, yeah, it would be super protocol. Uh, the same level of, of caution uh, with that device, uh, how I'm using it and what I'm going to be doing on it, assuming that they're checking every single keystroke, uh, every single website. All of that is just assumed. This is not my laptop. This is their property. It's going to be in the garage where I'm going to, you know, pick the furthest spot in the house. Like if you have a bathroom that you don't use, bam, it'll be there like in the in the cupboard or what have you store it there. And then I get it out to do my work and then boop, put it back. Much obliged to Miss Tin with us in VA first retreat. Hope she's continued with the eating well. Hope all the folks have continued eating well and taking care of themselves. Uh, if you got four day weekends, you got extra time to be at home cooking. Uh, let's see. Other folks uh, that we have missed totally. Uh, if you have a hand up, uh, if we haven't heard from you, if you have commentary to share, proceed. Folks can make sure, please don't wait till the last minute. If you think you have uh, comments, observations, uh, suggestions to share uh, other folks that or 
the folks that are with us, if you all had additional uh, suggestions, comments, uh, feel free. Again, we should be here tomorrow for uh, the compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific and uh, Tuesday irregular time. Uh, talking about some of these same issues just uh, in the UK, which I think is important. Uh, I think that can help, you know, minimize a little bit of confusion. Uh, just being able to talk to more folks in different spots around the globe. Uh, what's happening where they are? What do they think is happening? What's being reported? Maybe that can help us make a little bit of sense. Uh, but that'll be Tuesday, May uh, May 12th at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Toyin Abegtu. Looking forward, and uh, again, black male listener in China should be back with us soon. Uh, check in once again. Uh, other folks that are with us, uh, comments, additional suggestions, thoughts that they want to make sure they get in. May I add a um, comment? Ma'am? Oh, oh, thank you. Sorry, it's B in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much. I just wanted to add, um, going back to a point that you had made earlier, um, it's interesting how um, uh, the positions where um, high cases uh, for epidemic of uh, the COVID-19 is being marketed to non-white people, primarily black people. Uh, Earlier today, when I was listening to 93.5, which is one of the quote-unquote urban uh, code word for black stations, um, even though it's not black owned. Um, it was interesting that the government of Canada um, was, um, well, and uh, in particular Ontario, since they deal with healthcare um, uh, for the province, uh, they were um, uh, advertising for, for positions for long-term healthcare uh, facilities. And this is really interesting because when things were fine, the positions were not being um, uh, given, much less advertised on those stations. And now um, those um, advertisements are in heavy rotation, um, uh, calling for um, non-white, in particular black people, to join the team now that, you know, those are the epicenters of where COVID-19 was a major outbreak. So I thought that was a very interesting observation. Um, just uh, for callers, listeners, for everyone, just to be particularly mindful um, as you're doing your job search um, of the uh, types of places and the histories of where COVID-19 has been. Do not be surprised if the reason why you're being fast-tracked was because a COVID epicenter was at that particular position. Thank you, and I leave the line. Wow. Now that that's what I mean about being able to talk to people in different locations. Uh, the 93.5 is Toronto's uh, hip hop station. <laughs> uh, 93.5 flow FM. Uh, I can see how, yeah, this is going to be trying to attract black non-white listeners uh, to that particular genre of music. But that's fascinating to make that type of observation that now they're marketing these type of healthcare jobs. They weren't, you know, even available before. Now we need more frontline workers uh, to come in. So we'll, you know, get some black people. You can come in and get sick. What we heard from our caller in New York, you can come in and be on the front lines, get sick. Maybe we have protective gear for you. Maybe we don't. 
of the same thing the caller uh, was talking about what she wrote in, where she said she noted uh, a substantial change uh, in terms of folks doing deliveries. It was 60% white approximately before. Now it's 90% non-white. And just thinking about that, like, wow, all of a sudden they make these substantial labor changes uh, where these jobs were not available to non-white people before. Now they are. White people had these jobs before. Now it's non-white people. System of racism, white supremacy. They could make jobs available if they wanted to. Uh, much obliged to be in Toronto. Uh, I think that was our caller in New Jersey, perhaps, who spoke up. Uh, yes, I just wanted to add on to the uh, conferences, if I'm not mistaken, where people have, um, they can see what's, you know, see uh, the backdrop of uh, things you may have in your home. Um, my father, he was working part-time, um, doing moving jobs, and uh, so drivers were coming out of town. He regularly worked with his white uh, driver, and he invited the driver over to his house. And, um, you know, my, my father has a, uh, a house. You know, um, it's, 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 it's nicely furnished. Um, he invited him over to the house. Um, I don't know if it was for a basketball game, football game, or a fight. Um, once that particular driver came to my father's home and seen that my father was living okay, he anytime he came back in town, he would never uh, hire my father back. So um, that would be definitely recommended. To uh, if, if you are on conferences, to limit um, people's um, access to uh, viewing your living space, you know, I mean, because you know, even when we use the word uh, white privilege, you know, that somebody can look in your house and you have a toaster, and you know, I don't know what these black people are talking about white privilege. I don't have a toaster, and, and, you know, and I've seen a toaster when he was doing his own conference, so. Um, Definitely a, a, a correct um, way. I mean, it's definitely um, correct thinking, not allowing people access into uh, your home when you're doing these, uh, having these conferences online. Absolutely. I'm not surprised at this. It's been a number of folks uh, who shared over the years, uh, just white people finding out any little bit of information that you, you know, took a vacation, you know, to someplace, uh, you got another vehicle, like you have two vehicles or you have a nice vehicle. Like it might not even be, you know, like a Lamborghini or anything like that. Just, it's not, you know, a 25 year old clunker <laughs> like, Whoa, Snickers got a vehicle, you know, Snickers got a house, took a vacation. You know, we need to, sabotage him we need to do something to him like and that's been repeated for years and years uh like that being justification for mistreating a whole lot of black people victims of racism like some some nigger is gonna upstage a white person by having a car or having a horse as having a toaster oven anything uh that i don't have or even if i do have it how what are you doing with it you're not supposed to have that you're a nigger uh so absolutely um yeah i would not have anything on display pick you know 
blank get the background if the company gives one great if they got a generic background great if not find a blank wall uh, let's see number again 605-313-5164 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate again if we have uh, folks if you're self-employed uh, how this is impacting your business always good to hear from uh, attempted uh, entrepreneurs uh, if we had any other suggestions for the uh, PPP if folks have used it or familiarity any suggestions for a uh, victim of racism uh, who's being uh, I guess rehired or reassigned that's it reassigned different position uh, it's a position they don't really want uh, if any other suggestions for her that would be great or if you have your own comments situation to address uh, any of the folks with commentary proceed may have you heard caller in Florida yes sir yes sir thank you very much sir greetings to just the host the listeners and callers uh, there's a few reports I like to make um Someone mentioned, well, one of the click members mentioned uh, wanting to bring in alcohol for, I guess, the uh, so-called Cinco de Mayo. I don't know if anyone's heard anyone mention that in the workplace, uh, but I heard her and a couple of the uh, other people giggling about that. Um, my next one is, I did just to update um, the PPE. Uh, I did get some new wipes. Uh, I have the sanitizer gloves and the, uh, the the top powerful white person. He was walking around with masks, some extra masks. So I said, hey, yeah, I appreciate that. Let me get one of those. So I got one out of the, uh, the new stack. And I used that one, but I already had an extra one. Um, so that was a, a interesting one. My third one is I came in Monday and there was a sticky note. Okay. And it said, happy Monday. And I had my name on it. Uh, and the person left her name on it. And from my understanding, that's another click member. That's a uh, second one. Um, she works in the other group. So I thought to myself, huh, she left this on the desk, the desk, and nobody else apparently got a note saying happy Monday. Uh, and I was, I suspected that this person was the one who, uh, pilfered or, you know, took the, um, Clorox wipes before. Someone must have gotten that to her, all right. So, um, not sure exactly what that was about. My next one is uh, the other non white or uh, black female victim who they've separated us from coming in at the same time. Uh, she said that she, <laughs> she was over speaking to another victim in the administrative area, administration area, and she 
she heard somebody in there coughing. And I guess it was a warden in there. Uh, I don't know if she had a mask on or not. Maybe she did. But she said she heard her in there uh, coughing or whatever. And she said... <laughs> She said, she, she told the other black female, she said, oh, I got to go, Corona. So I don't know what what the response to that was, uh, but she says that they don't, they rarely go over to the area where she's stationed when she comes in, but yet but when I'm there, uh, I think based on the, the setting and the seating arrangements, it's physically impossible for the uh, the two powerful white people not to be seen by myself, like for me to see them. Um, and she also shared with me that uh, there was an act of racism practice at her husband's uh, workplace, VA, Veterans Hospital, where a black male came in trying to seek medical attention. Uh, I guess it was confirmed that he had the uh, COVID-19 and he was given pills. All right. Now, I don't know what the pills were, what the, the name of them were, but he was told to go home basically, like, you know, get out. Um, so he comes back in the ambulance. Now, after he, I mean, well, before he came back, in the ambulance, they helped the white man. And it's being reported that a lot of white men and white women coming in with the virus, all right? So they are being assisted correctly, of course, properly. But this guy, he told to go home with some pills, and he comes back and he dies. Um, and, like, in the ambulance, doesn't even make it to the uh, VA. Um so I just said that's just standard right there, uh, the poor treatment that uh, that black people get. Uh, and my last one is the uh, the other side. Apparently, I think someone I heard someone say somebody has been they're going to be out for 14 days, um, and I don't have contact with any of them. So they're probably thinking of me as a curmudgeon or whatever, but they the one that left me, you know, they did that. They segregated or whatever, put me on the other side. I'm by myself, but I ain't around them though. So, uh, somebody is, uh, away for 14 days, I guess quarantine or whatever. So I'm going to be looking to see if there's an email on this because they, the other, you know, white people were around this person. So uh, I'm going to be definitely uh, seeing what the updates are on that. And that's all I have for now. Thanks for allowing me to share. Did it say the person is going to be out for 14 days or they're going to be quarantined for 14 days? I heard another employee say that I heard she was out for 14 days. So I just, I noted that so I'm like. 14 days, that's a specific number. And, you know, I know she ain't on any vacation. At least I didn't, didn't think that. But uh, apparently I heard from another source that a co-worker in the second group, work group, is saying that, oh, well, we're down to four people. And I saw 
a replacement person that's in the other group come to help us out. All right. So I can only just think that, I don't know, maybe I guess she knew somebody, uh, maybe her boyfriend was around someone that had something or had the virus or something like that. So I still have to figure out, uh, see if I can get information on the rest of the, um, uh, details on what that's exactly about because I didn't see her there on Monday or Tuesday because I only had two days this week. So next, the next week coming, I got Monday through Wednesday. So uh, I'm going to see what's the deal with that because, see, they're in proximity with each other more so than they are with me. Um, but, yet it's still they're still spaced out, but they need to do some kind of uh, – <laughs> kind of sanitizing and cleaning around that area or something. So I'm going to see what I can uh, find out starting on Monday. Wow. Much obliged. This is one time where, you know, being a curmudgeon is not all bad. Like, if I'm going to be back in the corner, I don't see anybody. Y'all don't come visit me and you know, come peep around the corner from 15 yards of what cool in the gang. We can keep that up, you know, forever, really. <laughs> My God, at least as long as this Rona situation is rolling, no problem. Fine. Stay on the other side of the building and we'll get along great. We can do email and text messages. Let me know when you got the drive through wedding thing going again. I'll be ready to take pictures or, you know, whatever it is, but psh, no problem. I will stay safe. And for sure, that's what I said. Like, people, because we've had a number of folks who have called in who have said they did get that email like two weeks later, a week later. Oh, man, Rhonda has been out for a week and she's going to be out for another two weeks. It seems uh, she might be positive for COVID-19. It's like, what the hell? Like we've been hanging out. She was in the office and everything like, man, when were you going to tell us? Like. I would for sure like do we need to clean get extra sanitation more white like all of that if that's if that's what that is uh, if she's going to be out for 14 days and it's anything related to illness like man let's get that information right now and then let's get some extra cleaning going and then I'm going to go back to the corner of the office you all don't need to come check on me for nothing um, yeah email everything be email and phone um, the VA situation like we had, you know, a plethora today and all over the world, there are a plethora of really tragic, painful losses. Lots of people uh, have died, probably many of them unnecessarily. But I mean, the veterans hospital. So like these are people who have sacrificed allegedly for the country and mm. went to battle and all of that. And this is how they're treated, or at least this is how the black ones are treated black veterans like come on this would also be one of those to factor in when people are you know saying whether they think this is real or not and you know how is this having such a huge impact on black people white supremacy racism uh it seems like we got a number of folks saying man black person went to the hospital and they mistreated him let me say went to a veteran be specific so in this case it seems like it would be a veteran went to the hospital Ah, get out of here. Give him some pain. And then he ends up dying. 
He doesn't even get make it to the hospital. He just ends up dying. It's, oh, man, it's terrible. A veteran. This is how we treated a black veteran. That could explain uh, that with Andrew Young, he said the sickness is white supremacy. I am sure that that is not the only instance uh, of a black person. He just had that video from a nurse this week. She was talking about the same type of thing. Really shabby racist treatment for black people coming in, reporting that they got symptoms. You heard that from the caller in New York. Healthcare workers, essential workers right there on the front line, supposed to be right up there with veterans, heroes. And they can't even get tested. Maybe that could explain why it's having such a big impact as opposed to it's not real or I think they're lying. Maybe it's exactly what it is. It's just white people practicing racism. But that is atrocious. Um, I don't know if that's one to say thank you. I'm glad we got it on the record. But I mean, veterans, long history of black veterans getting that sort of uh, distasteful treatment, by the way. Uh, I think that would include Joe Lewis, Jackie Robinson, long, long Laverne Cox, long list. Uh, let's see. Lavina Johnson got the name wrong. Lavina Johnson, long list of black folks who have enlisted and just got terrorized. Uh, the, the liquor at the courthouse. Now, I would if it was McDonald's, you know, Target, man, I expect them to be rowdy and act a fool and all the rest. This is the courthouse. Like we're supposed to be serious. Like this is an office. Like. Sing, are we supposed to be doing tequila shots at the courthouse? Like, is that what you're asking? Like, for Cinco de Mayo, that's what's supposed to be going down? Like, what? Help me understand. Is it we're supposed to be doing beers with the lime? Like, what's going down at the courthouse? Man, they didn't even. This wasn't even suggested for the uh, Elvis drive ins at the weddings. Like, I could maybe say, like, okay, we could all do a shot after. I do, I do, and we get our shot. Like, okay, make it even more tacky. But I mean, this is just a, May 5th. Let's get down. Uh, maybe you can wait until you get home to get drunk. Like, uh, maybe we need to be sober while we're at the courthouse. Just maybe, uh, at least we did get an offer of masks and new hand sanitizer. I'm glad personal protective equipment. It seems a lot of folks, uh, that is a luxury for many folks. They are not getting such goodies, uh, in these days and times. So whoopee for the courthouse for at least, uh, providing those, um, yeah, the coffin and such in the way. Yeah, I don't know. Some workplaces, it seems like they have been a little more diligent about that. Other places, not so much. All I can say is I would be a pretty happy curmudgeon under these circumstances. Like, I am the champion of social distancing. You all can cough and joke. Uh, the click members, all of y'all, just hang out over there and make sure they sanitize this uh, area thoroughly. Uh, daily, hopefully, uh, we can get that done since we have fewer employees. And uh, I would be on the lookout for that email to see, is this a quarantine? Is this person sick? Um, are we all like, yeah, should we get tested? And can we get some thorough, cl- like all of that? I'd be on the lookout for that email for sure. Man, lots of uh, <clears throat> unpleasant reports uh, from folks this week, but it is global health crisis. Take it seriously. Uh, much obliged caller in Florida. Uh other folks uh, with a hand up, we have, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, a little actually less than that left in the broadcast. Uh, the number is 605-313-5164, the code 564, 
nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate uh, if you have any additional suggestions thoughts your own situation <clears throat> any recommendations for what folks have heard from listeners uh, if you'd like to contribute feel free make sure you're speaking up might even be a good time to ask for a raise like that is always the case really under the system of white supremacy since we're constantly underpaid they even said Michael Jordan they were talking about that they said Michael Jordan was underpaid his boss the white man who wrote his checks said he was so underpaid that I paid his basketball salary even while he was retired because he was underpaid his entire career he made 30 million dollars one season and a white man said he was still underpaid that is the system of white supremacy racism even if you are making a billion dollars you're probably still being underpaid. Ask for a raise. Might be a great time. Go in with your evidence. Boom, boom. Lots of other folks are getting bonuses and hazard pay and all kinds of incentives and such. Might be a great time to ask for a raise and or additional safety precautions and or demonstrations on the best way to wear a mask. Appropriate way, not the best way. The safe, correct, appropriate way to wear a face mask. Uh, any other folks, thoughts, comments to share? Give folks maybe five minutes, see if everybody is satisfied for the evening. Again, we should be here for the... Hi, God be in Toronto. We should be here for the compensatory call in tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We will review what's gone down the last seven days. They had armed black people at the Michigan Capitol today. It was white people last week, armed black people this week. Amazing. Be in Toronto. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, I had a, an inquiry. Um, I was hearing reports that there was um, an essential worker, um, black male, who was uh, shot um, and killed because he was wearing a face mask. I was wondering if yourself or, or any of the callers or listeners might be able to shed some light on this. This is some reports that we're getting in to Canada. Um, that I was wondering if, if uh, there could be some more additional information um, because uh, the other thing that is being um, circulated is that uh, black people, in particular black men, should not be wearing masks because it looks menacing. Um, and this is during an epidemic. So I was curious to find out um, a, if the report is true, and B, what have been the developments around that? Uh, let's see. I'm not sure about the essential worker who was shot with a mask. I do know, uh, I think it was in Michigan, Michigan, uh, where I think it was some sort of altercation at a store where he might have been a security guard or just a store employee might have been a security guard, but they uh, I think they had the rule where you have to have uh, a face mask on to enter the store. And it became like a big altercation around that. And the security person was shot 
and they took the uh, suspects in custody that I think that where I'm pretty certain that did happen. I saw that in a number of different reports uh, and I can post articles to that. I'm looking at one right now, but that did happen. I think they might've even killed the uh, security person uh, and all this was allegedly over masks. Uh, he was telling them to wear a mask and they got upset about it. Not yeah, I think that did happen, but I'm not sure if that's exactly what you're saying about the mask situation. Um, the other portion it's not really workplace racism. Uh, something we will ask tomorrow, but I've had, I've been, uh, wearing a mask, uh, when I go to the grocery store, uh, cause that's not really been too many places other than that, that I've gone, but I've worn a mask and lots of other people are wearing masks. No one has said anything to me about it. Um, I have read, uh, reports about that sort of thing. And I think I'm aware, I think there've been a couple videos of, uh, black people being harassed I think like on a bus and a few other situations uh, for not wearing masks Uh, but I can't say that I have heard or seen a whole lot in terms of black people black males specifically um, being harassed mistreated uh, for wearing a mask I have heard the other way not having a mask on and that's justification to get thrown off the bus and all the rest of it. They had a big thing. This is, we'll talk about this because it's not really workplace racism, but yeah, they had a big thing to do in New York City uh, about the enforcement of social distancing where it was really aggressive where the black people were at the park and really not present at all where the white people were at the park. But yeah, that's, that would be my answers to those two reports. Did anybody I guess the first one in particular, has anyone any information on that? A uh, non-white essential worker uh, being shot, I think she said, over having a mask on? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure of that, but I, I'm just going to confirm for you that that security guard, uh, security guard did die from his gunshot wound to the head. Uh, the, the next, the closest thing that I've heard, uh, to what is describing is being described was a, uh, black female that was slammed to the ground in this department store by a non-white black male. He appeared to be either an armed security guard or armed, uh, law enforcement. I'm not sure on which one. Uh, and from my point of view, he probably will get some uh, issues, probably from black people in, in general, about how that was done. Because it didn't look like he had a uh, a uh, a point to have to do that to the to a black female. In that case, it's, it wasn't it wasn't a uh, aggressive move on her part to motivate him to be as aggressive as he was in her in his uh, means to com- make her t- to comply. Those those my own reports on something similar. Hmm. Yeah, I think the. Much obliged, retired firefighter. I thought the security guard, it was a fatal shooting. And I think all of the participant, like the suspected shooters, 
the security guard uh, who was killed. I think they were all victims, uh, non-white people in that situation. But not that that makes it any better. But yeah. Uh, any other folks uh, have comments to these questions or their own situation that they wanted to address? Yeah, have you heard? Caller in Florida. Oh, yes. Thank you, Gus. Um, there was actually a, um, like a report I had on wearing a mask. Uh, like I have three black masks. Uh, they, you, you can uh, wash and reuse them. Uh, and I'm definitely, I've been thinking about in terms of, you know, the double whammy, black male wearing a black mask. Uh, I did go into the post office and they're doing the six feet separation um, process from the uh, the emergency order from the county. And when I got to the counter, it was pointed out that me and another person, oh, it looks like y'all wearing the same mask. And it was a white woman that had on a black mask. I have on a black mask. And she looks to me and she, uh, she says, she says, you know, uh, I try to avoid wearing too much black because when I go into the, the grocery store, they might think I'm a ninja. So I just turned back around and was waiting to get my pickup for the um, the courthouse. So I thought about that. Ninja, huh? So, yeah, I wanted to make that report real quick, speaking about masks. So the, the color connotations and stuff, um, I'm glad the, the caller did bring that up. But that, that's all I had. Love it. Love it. Don't want too much black. My goodness, they might mistake me for a nigra. Knew it was so. It had to be so. That's been the theme for the day. Can't get any better than tacky. Like, no reason to say that. You all got the same mask on. Just, oh, mm-hmm. social distancing. And back of it, oh, no, I got to <laughs> You know. <laughs> I don't want to be, and they got ninja. That's pretty widely. That is a code for nigger. Like that's, I don't know all of the, uh, racist slurs and all of the code, like Canadian is a code for black people. And Mondays, that's another one. Cause when you mentioned about uh happy Monday, Mondays is one that they use for black people. Like they got a lot of codes, but ninja is a code for nigger. And that's one that I've known for a long time. Like it would not surprise me at all that she's trying to be, uh, cute, uh, racist on the sly with that one. Like, oh yeah, I don't make sure they don't think of me as being some nigger. <laughs> I killed myself. <laughs> racist man, racist woman. They are not ignorant about racism and they love to get in their little uh, racist jokes uh, all the time. White woman, he said. White woman. Uh, much obliged caller in Florida. Any other folks? Uh, the mask, either if you, if folks do know about that the essential uh worker getting shot if folks know about that that would be good but any other folks uh wearing a mask your own workplace situations got about seven minutes left maybe a little less everybody good seems like folks all satisfied did our duty for the evening outstanding 
We will be here uh, tomorrow. Compensatory call in. I will probably ask about that mask question again. Now, that is interesting because I just said at the beginning or not at the beginning, but I did just say five minutes ago. Uh, I woke up. That was like one of the first things when I saw this morning. I got up and I looked at the news. And they had armed black people. I don't even think they had masks on. I have to look at the uh, video again. But they were standing out in front of the Capitol in Michigan. So I said, Michigan. Uh, and Which is what was they were doing last week, except it was white people uh, with guns standing at the Capitol, yelling at enforcement officers uh, without a mask, uh, and yelling at uh, state representatives uh, in the House uh, of Michigan. And uh, this time around, it was black people. And they said they were protecting, uh, I forgot, it was a black lawmaker. They wanted to uh, make sure that she was safe, that she could get in without being intimidated to uh, do her job. But I thought, what is, what is going on? <laughs> like uh, I said last week, like, how is that allowed? Like, they got restrictions and all that in Michigan. Like, how are they white people being allowed to stand out with guns? Like, they changed the gun laws around that in California and before. And now to have black people out this week, it's like, my goodness, like, white people, uh, I can't imagine them allowing this to continue on like this seems like something that is just destined to get out of hand easily at some point but that did happen uh, today in Michigan so we'll talk about that and uh, many other things that have gone down over the past seven days they were burning crosses in Alabama that was another one where I said how are you burning crosses it's social distancing like what the world anywho uh, we'll be here tomorrow uh, 8 9 9 p.m. Eastern 6 p.m. Pacific Toyin Agbetu with us Tuesday, 4 Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, early program since he'll be with us from uh, the United Kingdom. But we'll be grand to get information globally about this problem. Uh, huge thanks to everyone for their participation. I hope it was worthy of your Friday energy, uh, Friday evening. Uh, I hope everyone is taking this seriously and taking all necessary precautions, everything that you think is logical. Uh, wash your hands a bunch. Uh, I would not be in any crowds. Uh, maybe you can avoid hitting the swimming pool for at least a few weeks, maybe. But all this settle a little bit and be safe when you're going out. Certainly, it's, you know, what I've been saying for a long time. Sobriety would be best. Preserve our brain computer. We don't need to be smoking, drinking alcohol. We don't need to be liquored up whether you're at the courthouse or not. Uh, and then. If you're going to go out, be buckled and all, but, you know, I would be real strategic. Like, this is not really time you want to be out just joyriding and going around any old place. Uh, we've heard folks talking at the beginning, snitching on non-white people. Where are you going? You're violating the quarantine. <laughs> like, that is very common. Uh, it's been a lot of that, and it's been lots of reports of white people buying guns. Like, I would not just be going out willy-nilly. Uh, I would be real strategic and I probably wouldn't be going out after dark. I haven't been going out after dark and that's not really advice that I followed, even though I think that's smart anyway. That's not really advice that I followed before this, but I stay in the house. I was accosted at the mailbox in the daytime. So yeah, I don't really do going out once it's dark, stay in. If I haven't got it by now, hopefully I will make it to Saturday once the sun comes up and can get it done then. Uh, with that, uh, if you're going to be behind the wheel and you do go out strategically, uh, make sure you're not on the phone. Uh, we do not want to be in contact with any race soldiers, badge or no. Just try to minimize that chance as best we can. Just the little things 
on the road no need to be interrupted for chatting it up on the phone with that creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately cow signing out thanks all for tuning in nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim Your brother problem. a victim i'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning shut up the man has programmed my conditioning mm-hmm. even my conditioning has been conditioned with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.